Hey everybody, welcome to Namaste Real. I'm here with Kendra. We were just giggling about the how people mangle our names <laughs> because I've heard people call you Chandra or puggy little names and same with me. So you have to giggle about that stuff. Totally. Well, I'm glad to have you. Thank you for being here. I know you're busy, so I really appreciate your time. Totally. Thank we're having a splash, so cheers. Cheers. Because it makes it a lot more fun. And if you hear some crinkling, we have snacks <laughs> in the background. We might be eating on those too. I remembered that you liked white wine. So is this good for you? Great. Okay, awesome. So my first question for you is, do you remember your very first yoga class? Yes, I do. Can you tell me a little bit about it? I'm always curious about that. Yeah. Um, I was living in Wilmington, and um, I, would, I went to this uh, Gold's Gym. and Now, was this when you were in college? This is when I was in college. Okay. And it, I'll never forget, because it was a day where we had some snow, which is completely rare, you know, in Wilmington. I've have, never heard of it. So yeah, yes. very rare to have any snow. I mean, it was like, it barely fell. I mean, it was, there wasn't even an inch on the ground, but everything was closed. Yeah. And so I had this day off, and I was like, you know, I'm at the gym. I'm going to go to this yoga class and, and check it out. And so I went, and I, it blew my mind first class, I was like, wow, what is this? Why haven't I been doing this? And um, yeah, uh, I probably didn't do it again for like another five years <laughs> for some reason, but yeah, I was blown away right yeah. away. Yeah. yeah, see, I was too. Uh -huh. First class rocked my world, Yeah, like blew my head off, mm -hmm. completely blew my head off. And I've heard a lot of people, teachers, like you know, people that I know who did not have a great first class. And it wasn't necessarily always because of the teacher or, you know, the style or whatever. It was just they were so unprepared for what it made them feel yeah. that they just were angry, uncomfortable, whatever. And I always find it interesting because mm -hmm. I didn't have any of that. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I so love this. Yeah. I do remember going in with some resistance. Like, I'm not doing anything weird. Mm -hmm. I'm not to, I didn't want to take my socks off. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I just didn't want to. Yeah. So I had weird resistance, but it was still a really good experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so you waited five years before you went back to your next one? Pretty much. That's yeah. so funny. Isn't it? Yeah. I was like a, like, totally about the weights and the running. You were a college like, athlete, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was like, and I think that's what made that class blow me away, is because, you know, I've done so many different kinds of movement and, you know, athletics and stuff. But for that, like, I felt strong afterwards. Like, I felt like I got a workout, but I was so relaxed. I mean, that Shavasana, mm -hmm. um, I mean, that Shavasana took me away, first one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where the hell did I go? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it was, but yeah, I don't know. It, and then I just went back to running. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, Leanne talks about running outside after a first year class to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> Because that's all she thought about the whole time. Totally. Is cannot wait for that cigarette. You know, and Jake says the same thing. So, yeah, you have to laugh about that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I want to know, what was it like playing sports in college? Well, I mean, I only played one year. Mm -hmm. um, it was great. I, I was very, very fit, and I loved running and doing all the things. For the record, Kendra's still very fit. <laughs> That was. I don't believe uh, that for one minute. Well, now it is. <laughs> I, yes, I do. Twenty years later. Uh -huh. so, yeah, she ate once she used to be. But, mm -hmm. um, anyway, so 
It was great. I loved being on a team. I mean, I definitely did too much like drinking, partying, and that that whole part of that being on. I failed out of college, Kendra. That tells you how much yeah. I did. Well, I made my dad said it was magna cum laude and fun. Yeah. Too bad you don't get a degree in that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I somehow had you I had did you? Yeah. Because I started off at a university in New Jersey, mm -hmm. and that's where I played sports. Okay. I got into that school for field hockey. Mm -hmm. You know, otherwise they were like. Yeah, you know, she wasn't coming in unless she was an athlete. Yeah, that, right. That kind of thing. Uh huh. So that's how I got into that school, and uh, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for school. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. High school didn't prepare me at all. For me that either. Whole college thing. Mm -hmm. But you know, to, just to answer your question, the, the the field hockey was amazing. I I did love it for the time that mm -hmm. I was you know on the team. It was hard to go from um, you know maybe as you know like being kind of a, a star athlete from in high school, like freshman being mm -hmm. in the whatever, always starting, always and then yes. you're and then you're in college sports yep. and you're like on the sideline like, what yeah. the hell? I wanna play. I'm not i I'm not standing I'm not here standing around on the sideline. Yeah. Play. Yeah. So Well my son swam in college and kinda went through the same thing. Yeah. He was the big deal, won the state championship. Yeah. And then he goes to college, and there's all they're all big deals. Yeah. And so to be a, just a big deal and a bunch of big deals yeah. was a big like challenge for him. Totally. You know, and I think that's hard for everybody. It I think is. that is one of the hardest parts about going from high school sports to college sports. Yeah. Is big dogs. Yeah. Lots of big dogs. Yeah. I love. Um, my husband just told me my son's doing jujitsu, mm -hmm. and already like these eight nine year olds, the 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 head coach of the jujitsu is like. I just want to tell you right now, you're not a big deal. <laughs> I don't, you, you might be a big deal at home to your parents, mm -hmm. but when you get out in the world, you're not a big deal. Mm -hmm. And that was what it was. It was kind yeah. of like, whoa, you know? It's yeah, like, and I do think as parents, we don't do our kids any favors when we tell them repeatedly, yeah, you're perfect. You can do anything. Yeah. There can be no challenges. You can do whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think you have to like squash them down, but we were really upfront with our kid. Like he wanted division one, he wanted to swim, he wanted to go to the University of Georgia, and I was like, sweetheart, like that's just not happening. Like yeah. the times, it's so competitive, it's so crazy. Yeah. And I do think it's, you know, I think it's okay to tell your kids. Yeah, I know. None of us are really a big deal at the end of the day. Right, I know. I do like that. It's humbling. It is humbling. It's great though. Yes, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so you ended up at UNCW. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, via you know community college here, community college there. Oh yeah, oh, UNC Wilmington sister. <laughs> so I failed out of Georgia with a one six seven. I could not make a twelve oh five p.m. psychology one hundred and one class. Oh, How sad my is that? Gosh. Yeah. So I failed out. Ended up at DeKalb Community College. Yeah. Then went some other, and anyway, ended up at Georgia State. Yeah. And somehow got my shit together. Right. And um, you know, it's funny. I. I used to beat myself up for that, and now I think back and I'm like, you know, I don't know that I trade that experience for anything mm -hmm. because it made me realize that failure and screwing up is not the end of the world mm -hmm. unless you let it be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that we let our kids as a society or we, it's like we just don't want our kids to fail, mm -hmm. or we don't want them to have a bump in the road, you know, we're, and I... And I even remember my dad was like, okay, well, guess what? Your free ride in college is over. So I had to get a job and help pay for the rest of it. Yeah. 
and it made me appreciate my college education more. Yeah. And it made me realize there was a point where all of a sudden I realized nobody was going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, I guess I was coddled in high school in a way, mm-hmm. and you get to college, the professor doesn't care if you show up, he doesn't take attendance, right. he or she, whoever. And all of a sudden, it, and so then, ergo, I didn't go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And then guess what? Yeah. I didn't make great grades, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm here for like I'm here to learn. Yeah. So anyway, looking back on that, and I've been very honest with my kids about it. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I was a huge screw up. Right. Don't follow in my footsteps unless right. you can really help it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just it's funny. I mean, I look back on that, and I and I it made me not afraid to try things. Yes, absolutely. You know. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the first time you talked. Do you remember the first class that you taught? Um, well, okay. In a, it, the first class that I taught in a classroom setting was in Boone mm-hmm. at, at Neighborhood Yoga Studio, and I don't remember that experience. Um, I just know where I was. But the first time, you know, like you have to practice uh, teaching people. Mm-hmm. One person comes to mind, and it was this woman who I used to run with in Boone, and um, she and I were really good friends. She it was like so strange. I mean, I was like 24, and she was like 65, mm-hmm. and I mean, she would take me on these huge runs, and you know, we'd be in Moses Cone and on the trails, and it was just the in- most interesting but beautiful relationship, friendship, mm-hmm. and um, so I taught her, and I remember just how sweet she was and how it was just one-on-one you mm-hmm. know and uh and gracious and, and grateful and, and and inflexible <laughs> i mean she was a tight little woman yeah um but you know so it was it was kind of great to see to see that and you know see mm-hmm. all the, that's what i one of the things i love about it seeing all the different people and all mm-hmm. the different ways of so you don't remember like awkward first teaching nope. experiences? Nope. Oh God, I wish I didn't remember mine. Really? They're like burned in my head. Wow. Yeah, my first class, um, I prepared what I thought was an hour and a half class, and 45 minutes in, I'd blown through everything. And I went just dead blank. And so I think I had people in Warrior One for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> While I sat there and just thought, okay, breathe, and I'm thinking, and I just yeah. couldn't, you know what I mean? I, we have to giggle. Luckily, it was like my neighbor and some other person I knew. It was the practice teaching, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought to myself, this is why we practice teach. So that when someone's actually paying us for the experience, we don't do things like this. Yeah. It just totally freeze. Right. So that's one of my early funny memories. And yeah. it's just like, just okay. Just the clock's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. And I think, I even think that was like an hour and a half class. And I think I put them in Shavasana for like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, just done. Because after that 10 minute warrior on each side, I feel like they earned it. <laughs> And I really had nothing left anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. And I remember Stephanie Keach um, telling me a funny story about her first um, class. She was in the car, like trying to memorize all the pieces of paper. You know, she was like hunkered down in her seat, didn't want anybody to see her. And then she went in and then forgot everything on that piece of paper and just kind of had to wing the whole thing. And yeah. my point is, there's just no shortcut to teaching. I mean, yeah. you just got to do it. Yes. You got to have the awkward moments. Yeah. You gotta have the, you know, you gotta have. There's just no shortcut to it. You just gotta do it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had a lot of awkward moments, and 
you know. How nice for you that you don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I do remember once being in an arm balance and falling, like demonstrating it. Like, watch me, here's how you do it. <laughs> Egomaniac, and then like perfect, like fall on right on my chin. And I'll never forget, like, one woman's face with her jaw open, like, <gasps> I mean, <laughs> I was just like, well, don't do that, I guess, you know? I mean, what else can you do? It is. Yeah, you have to laugh about it. You do. You can't take yourself too seriously Yeah. as a teacher because those yeah. things are going to happen. Right, right. Yeah. Pretty much every horrible thing I think anyone can imagine has happened to me. <laughs> um, you know, like in teaching and then I've had teaching at the fitness center, every bizarro thing, like people jackhammering on the outside of the building and the fire alarm going off in Shavasana. And so I, but the good thing is that me, I'm kind of unflappable now. Yeah. You know, after enough of those things, you're like, okay. Yeah. As long as nobody's bleeding or we're not calling an ambulance, it really right. just can't be that bad. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what was your first concert? First concert was the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. Yeah. Uh, I was in How California. How old were you? Yeah. And I, I think I was probably like six. Mm-hmm. Young. Oh, you were young. Hell yeah. You young. were six. I mean, girl, young. Holy crap. My dad was like, we're going, girls. <laughs> You know, you saw the Beach Boys at six, like young. Yeah. And is it a pretty vivid memory? I the only thing I remember. I mean, I'm gonna guess six to ten. I don't. Yeah, really somewhere know. in there. But the only thing I remember were um, beach balls being bounced around in the yeah, air. Yeah, that six years old or yeah. whatever. You'd remember that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't go to my first one until I was twelve, and I saw Elton John. Wow. Yes, I yeah, saw Elton John in Atlanta. Fun. And it was. It was great. It was incredible. That was back in his super fun flamboyant stage. Uh, and there yeah. was a streaker, a naked person, decided to hang from the ceiling of the Omni. Yeah. So it was first concert for naked, first naked man in public. So <laughs> I got killed all those at one time. Yeah. Um, so do you, did that kind of, is music, is that something that? Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. I mean, when I was 12, what popped into my mind is I saw The Grateful Dead with Jerry Garcia, mm-hmm. you know, and so, you know, it wasn't long after that that he passed, well, in, you know, in high school. And I'll never forget walking around and being like, what the hell is that smell? Julie <laughs> no. or pot? Right. I it's mean, one of the two. Right. It was both for sure. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, definitely a lot of eye openers there. But I mean, I grew up in right over the bridge from Philadelphia, and by the time I was 12, I would pay 35 cents and take that speed line and go into the city and see shows. And I don't know why my mom said yes, but she did. Well, back then it was different. You know, like, I mean, we just had so much more freedom back then. So much freedom. You know, like I saw Van Halen in eighth grade. I'll never forget. He wore, David Lee Roth had assless chaps. Like he just whips off the back of his, you know, leather pants. And I mean, you know, and we just got to do all that kind of stuff. I mean, I saw The Grateful Dead with Jerry Garcia too in high school. And yeah, I mean, we got to do all that. I went, yeah. I went and saw The Who in Birmingham when I was, in, you know, it was like yeah. back then you just got to do those things yeah. and nobody really thought that much about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if concerts are a little bit of, th- of a thing in the past and in, in the way, you know, like COVID's probably put a bit of a damper on that. And I don't know. It seems like back then that you could afford it. Like I it know. wasn't so expensive. I mean, we went to lots of concerts yeah. and it wasn't crazy expensive. Everybody could do it. And it's just so different now. It seems like it's only like huge name bands and it, you know, it costs know. an arm and a leg. It's just a different bucks. world. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for 200 bucks, man, I would want to be like sitting in yeah. the front row. Right. Having eye contact with whoever that person is. Yeah. I know. 
I do love shows, but there is that fear factor there too. Well, yeah, especially right now. And then I will tell you my tolerance for loud is down. Like I prefer a more intimate, like I like the, the smaller venues. Yeah. Like Wilmington actually just built an outdoor venue yeah. similar to Chastain in Atlanta. And I like those where it's a little more intimate, it's not crazy big, and you're outside. Yeah, those are great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what did I see there? Um, the Chastain? Um, no, in Wilmington at mm -hmm. that venue. Yep. It's pretty new, there. isn't it? Yeah. Yep. I just went and saw... Um, Gosh, at Salvage Station, what is his name? Terrible names. He's phenomenal, but I looked it up. Trevor Hall. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And But I was scared as hell. Yeah. I mean, because of COVID. Yeah. You know, otherwise, it would be great. Well, that's why it, and I get claustrophobic inside. Like, I'd rather be outside anyway, yeah. like with the stars. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, pre-COVID, I always kind of like that anyway. Yeah. So, I kind of prefer being outside. Mm -hmm. And I remember going back to shows where everybody smoked. Mm -hmm. And you'd come home and you'd have to literally bathe yeah. and almost burn everything you had on. Yeah. So that part I don't miss. Right. You know, like that part of concerts I really won't miss. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I feel like I sound 120 right now. Um, so what was your, what made you decide to do your 200-hour teacher training? What made you decide to do that? Mm. Um, I was living with a girl in Boone, in Blowing Rock. Mm -hmm. at the time and she was in that training she was in Stephanie's training mm -hmm. and we were working together at this restaurant and I would just watch her she was so disciplined get up she would do her practice every day because that was part of the program mm -hmm. every day and uh, I started taking what year was she in just out of curiosity that person that you're talking about um, that would have been maybe 2000 yeah, because that was when I got certified. That's what I'm asking. Oh, wow. There was a girl from Wilmington in that certification. Oh, no, I was in Blowing Rock at the time. Oh, you were Blowing Rock. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know. She's probably in there. Yeah. In there. I mean, because there was like 36 of us. Right. Yeah. That's Because so I think that was only the second one she had done. That was early mm -hmm. on in yeah. her TT trainings. Yeah. Yeah. What was her name? name? was Lauren. Okay. I don't remember her last name at this point. Okay. Well, I mean, it was like 30 years ago, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, um, it was really her influence mm -hmm. and just like starting to do more yoga classes with her. Mm -hmm. I went, they had, there was a yoga studio with uh, Katie, or well, not Katie Keys, um, but she owned this spa over there and upstairs was this yoga studio and it was like right next to this creek and waterfall and it was amazing. And so I started doing some yoga classes with her there and I was like, you know what, I'm doing this. My life is going to shit. <laughs> I need to do something positive for myself. Uh -huh. And so, um, and so I went. And so, did you go right from that 200 hour to the Ayurvedic program, or was there space? No, there was space. I did the 200 hour, and then I took three years, and then I did the 500 hour, and then there was another few years, and then Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so what made you decide to do the Ayurvedic program? Um, Ayurveda is something I've always been interested in. And it's always been um, I, something that is, has been easy to read. Like it's, it's always been like something I can like take in and you know, it's just easy to take in. Yeah, see I'm the exact opposite. Um, it's like Chinese for me. Oh, really? Yeah, the very first 200 hour program I was like, oh yeah, I want no part of that. Yeah. And um, then... Fast forward, and now I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. But it took a while for it to take for me. It, 
I don't know. I just, it didn't, it didn't gel with me. I think I was also overwhelmed. There's a lot to take in. And I went down the anatomy and physiology rabbit hole for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I've come, now I'm much more into it than I used to be. Yeah. And so I think that's interesting that it resonated with you right out of the gate because it took me a while to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yoga took me a little while to get there. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget reading the sutras and being like, what? What the hell is this? Mm -hmm. What yep. are you talking about? Yeah, you the know? Bhagavad Gita. It's oh, like, jeez. Yeah. Uh -huh. You have to read it multiple times in order mm -hmm. to, to really get it. And then and have a teacher to like bring it into true life and real life. Well, to me, it was like reading almost like Romeo and Juliet or something, where it's almost like there's so much subtext in the language and the symbolism. And I don't know. I just, a lot of it I didn't get. Yeah at the time and um, there's layers to it I mean I'm sure I could have somebody explain it to me now and they'd probably there'd be another thing that yeah. I just didn't catch and didn't get yeah um, so yeah I agree with you on that yeah it is lifelong it's a lifelong I don't study. know how anybody ever gets bored with it yeah I tell no. people all the time there's so much depth there's so much layers right to all of it and I just can't imagine getting to the point I mean I still get like even a beginner class I can get something out of every class I ever take yeah and I can't imagine ever being like all right well I've, I've like I know everything there is to know absolutely or I'm bored or I'm done I'm right. like, I just can't even wrap my head around it I know and I can't wrap my head around how people survive without it I know yeah same yeah I mean I couldn't yeah I was so drowning beforehand drowning yeah <laughs> yeah sure Mm -hmm. And how old were you when you got your um, your 200-hour certification? Do you remember? Uh, how old was I? Um, maybe 20s. 20s. Like, yeah. Yeah. See, I was 30s. I was in my mid-30s, and I had a toddler, a two toddlers. Yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah, I bet. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. It was. I think that's why I had lost some brain cells with both births. Uh -huh. So perhaps that's why the Ayurveda just didn't sink uh -huh. in. Is because I could literally only take in so much. Yeah. I remember like at one point talking to Stephanie, and like I couldn't even make. I was such a zombie, and she. We both started laughing because she had kids the same age, and she was like, "Look, I know. Yeah. I totally get it." Yeah. And I was like, "I'm like literally trying my absolute hardest to show up with the little brain cells I have left." Right. You know. Yeah. I read somewhere that you lose intellect with every kid. Yeah. So imagine people have four kids. Yeah. I mean, do they even know what day it is? I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely grateful that that stuff came pre pre kids and pre marriage. I mean, it really, you know, I feel like that stuff shaped me mm -hmm. for that. But even still, like then then like post kids, I feel like it's like it was like a whole nother level of uh -huh. wishing, wanting to still be back where I was, yep. that peaceful, lovely place, and now I'm in this like major shit show, you know, of mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to be a mom and having a crying baby and a, you know, I mean, yep. just, and that is a big slap in the face. Yeah. To go from peaceful 20, doing whatever the hell I want, doing yoga for two hours a day, I mean, you know, meditating every day, mm -hmm. feeling like, I got this, Yeah. you know? It's the shock of your life, isn't shock it? Shock of your Nothing life. Nothing prepares you for Oof. it. Nothing. Yeah. I was like, I babysat all the time. I got, you know what I mean? I have friends who have babies. Like, I totally have this. Yeah. And I will never forget, like, the utter 24-7 shock of it. Like, I don't get to give them back. Yeah. You know uh -huh. I mean? No. Like, I don't get to go, I don't get to go home now. Here. I know. Yeah, nothing prepares you for that. Mm -mm. And I will say that... Um, I think that's what drove me back to yoga. I took a little break with my kids, and there was a point when um, 
with my after my second was born that I had massive back issues and you know all that relaxed and just destabilized my SI joints and my whole like my hips everything and I was like I have to go back like yeah. I have to do it yeah so I went back to it and just you know it was sporadic I did what I could mm -hmm. but um, yeah when they were little I just I could only do what I could mm -hmm. and I was just I mean I there was no one happier in that class than me mm -hmm. do you know what I mean I, do. I, mean, mm -hmm. I was in a class with a bunch of older women in a church near where I lived and I remember you know it was like I was younger than everybody and I was in such a different place and I remember just being like I'm so happy I'm here right now like I can't even tell you guys yeah and yeah. you know they, their kids were grown and gone so it was different mm -hmm. but still I mean those those classes saved me mm -hmm. like saved me mm -hmm. and I one thing I didn't have when I I did yoga up until up pretty much up until I had my kids but the postpartum yoga I didn't do and I think that would have been life-altering mm -hmm. had I yeah. but it just wasn't offered where I was and I did a certification with Libby and we did the postpartum stuff and I just mm -hmm. almost like lay down and cried I was like this would have been life-altering mm -hmm. had I had this because mm -hmm. you know you're so hard on yourself I know like when they're taking a nap you don't think you can take a nap mm -hmm. you think you got to catch up on all the stupid shit right it doesn't matter right. but you think you have to right and um, and then you have an, I had a second and then it's like oh shit oh, I <laughs> can't even imagine there's another one. Oh, oh my gosh <laughs> and then my younger one my older one gave up his nap when my younger one came yeah. I remember um, one of my worst funny stories is my younger one was probably like almost a year and I had been nursing and I hadn't been drinking and so of course New Year's Eve comes up and I decide oh yeah I can pump and dump and <laughs> you know I'll just drink and I had been so not used to drinking and I hadn't slept much because even at nine months you know there's slept and I remember my husband apparently I disappear from the party my husband goes in the bathroom and I'm barfing in my kid's baby tub, crying, <laughs> saying I'm like the worst mother ever, I'm throwing up in my kid's baby tub. And he's like, well, at least you made it to the kid's baby tub. But I remember just, that was the moment it hit me. There is no going back. Mm -hmm. There is no normal. There is no going back. I'm not going back to my life pre-baby. Yeah. This is like, this is it. I know. And it was just like a little bit like hitting a wall. Yeah. Major, major acceptance, and it's every single day. Mm -hmm. Every single day. Well, you know, I'm in a different spot than you because yes. I have a 22-year-old and a 24-year-old. Uh -huh. And I can just remember those stages of, like, when they were young. And, you know, I remember, like, when my husband would be like, if they live... That's just a win for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they're uh -huh. alive at the end of the day, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be an overachiever and, you know, all the things. Yeah. But um, I remember, like, how hard that was. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I remember when there were things they could do on their own, like brush their teeth and all that stuff. I was so excited. Yeah. You know, that was just so awesome. And how old's your little man? Nine. He's nine. So you're at that point, right, where he can brush his teeth on his own and he do that kind of stuff. He can do it on his own. But does he? I mean, he does it on his own, but shit, it takes like a half an hour of me just being like, can you brush your freaking teeth? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can we do this thing? So, yes, he can do it on his own, but it takes a lot to get, yeah, to get him to do those things. You know, it, I just remember, um, funny, you know, like at that age, just being like, I know you know what I want you to do, and I know you know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Why will you not do it? Like, yeah. I couldn't, like, just do it. Yeah. And they just didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I know. Yeah, my husband and I talk about that a lot. 
I mean, like, da- almost daily. I'm just, you know, and it's, and it is, it's like, we, what we've come to the conclusion of is, and, and it's, I just read Cahill Gibran, mm-hmm. um, hit the part about children, and it's like, and one thing that uh, one of my yoga teachers told me when I was pregnant, one thing that has stuck with me the whole time is that, like, you know, we have these children, these children come through us, but they aren't our children, they are, they are God's child. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... And they're their own unique they person. They are their own. You know, no matter how much I want to, like, mold him, mm-hmm. shame him, come yes. sit with me, come meditate, yeah. come chant Mm-mm. mantras, you know? Yep. This boy is not on that page. He is, like, I would love to have, if I could have meat and potatoes, this is what he said last night, He's in a house of vegetarians. If I could have meat and potatoes every night for dinner, I would be happy. And I was like, oh, son, I cannot believe how I'm so sorry you were born in this household. I do. I really am sorry. Like, I will get you meat, you know, I will do all these things. But it's just like, he couldn't be, at times, any more different than us. And it's just like, we got to let go. Yeah, you do. Yep, and I know exactly what you're talking about. You do. You have these illusions that you can guide and mold and shape, and then it smacks you in the face over and over that no, no, no. There is another agenda there. Who's being molded and shaped? Yeah, right. <laughs> Which direction is that going in? Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do know what you mean, and I don't know. I mean, I, I had we had two. One is more like my husband. One is more like me. And they say you butt heads with the one that's the most like you. Yes. Um, and that is absolutely true in our family. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, I know he's trying. I'm supposed to be learning something from this. Oh, what is this lesson? Big fat mirror. <laughs> big fat mirror. My mother has said to me over and over again, I'm so happy that you had someone like yourself. I've already told my son, I'm like, I hope you have a job like you. Yeah. And you know, know what chances are? He will. I know. Or, or like you. Yes, I mean, exactly. that's the cycle of how that goes. Is, yeah. You know, because my mother was a girly girl all about the jewelry, and she had me, and I could have cared less about any of that. So, yes. Yeah. It almost seems like you're just kind of due to have somebody completely different from you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you do have to let go of that to some extent. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would do yoga with my kids when they were little, and... Um, you know, when they were old enough to not care. I mean, do you, I mean, I could have duct taped them to the chair and they still wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then ironically, they get on the swim team and they're doing yoga on the swim team. Uh, and, you know. It'd come back around. Yeah, sort of. But, I mean, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. You know. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's such a... Um, it's such an interesting journey. And I'm at the point now where, like, my kids are getting married. And so I'm thinking like grandbabies, like yeah. what's that going to be like? And then I can give them back candor, which is going to be just the best part. I know. Because I can turn around and say, awesome, here you go. Yeah. I've heard that's the best part. I think that would be phenomenal. I don't know, but I'll let you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Invisibility. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, and to fly. Mine is flying. Yeah. Totally I mean, I, I gotta be superwoman though. Like, you know, like I totally want to fly in, in my invisible jet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you overachiever. <laughs> you know more than one. I do. Okay, uh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard some really fun, interesting, um, you know, answers to that, and I do find it kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So, if there were any person alive or dead that you could take a yoga class from, who would it be? Uh, so, so we're talking yoga teachers or like teachers or any yoga teacher that is no longer alive or any yoga teacher on planet earth. Okay. Like anyone. Uh, 
And you can even name more than one. I'd like to see what Babaji has got to say. Okay. Yeah. That's going way back. Uh-huh. Um, for sure, just sitting next to him would be kind of cool. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, mine's probably Krishnamacharya or Desikachar. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that was like, I think that was the f first book, like Health, Healing, and Beyond. Mm -hmm. is, that, is that book about the history of him or... Uh, it's something like that. I don't yeah. know if that's exactly right, but it's yeah. something like that. Yeah. That was an eye-opening book, whatever that was. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's in that book and the history of it. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, um, my husband and I uh, have gotten initiated into this Kriya lineage. And mm -hmm. for some reason, like I see Babaji, a photo of Babaji. I just feel like he's um, so stoic and... It, what's interesting is that like someone like those old pictures like that that's yeah. how they took those photos yeah so it'd be interesting to see like if his personality is reflected uh-huh differently in live and in person than in the photograph mm. you know what I'm saying because yeah. like those pictures back then mm. you know they were all serious and they had this look of like seriousness and you wonder if they're like that in person or right. if that's just mm -hmm. how they were for that photograph right yeah and what they're actually like in person yeah you know yeah uh-huh. And what it's like to be in the presence of someone like that. Right. You know, like, I wow. just think that would be really cool. It would. Just to be in the room, even if there's, like, a thousand other people. Yeah. I think it would still be cool to be in the room with someone like that and just see what it's like energetically, yes. like, how they feel in the room, how they direct the room. I just think that'd be really cool. It would. Yeah. I had, like, a feeling when you said that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was pretty, pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, because you feel like those people had something. They had to have. Mm -hmm. You know, they had to have had something special, um, and it had to have been something that that translated to a lot of people. You yeah. know, that they must have had something about them, whether it was they were super grounded or they had a special energy or something about them that mm -hmm. drew people to them. Yeah. And I just think it'd be really cool to be in the presence of someone like that. And what would that be like? Yeah. Right. You know. Totally. And I don't know, I can't think of anybody in like modern times who I, who w would be that for me. Who, I know, who resonates that. I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me neither, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's too bad. I know. Because I would like to have someone like that. I know. That I would just, you know, someone yeah. like that who I could go and take their class and just see what that's like, even if it's just one time, yeah. like a pilgrimage somewhere or something like that. I think that would be really cool. Right. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you think of someone, let me know. I hope I meet someone like that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. wow. It would be amazing. Mm -hmm. So what is your favorite style of yoga? Um, I guess I like the flow. I like breathing and moving. Mm -hmm. I'm a mover. Me too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, I need the movement in order to get to stillness. I do too. Yeah. I, uh, flow and yin is my sweet spot. Yes. Um, I can't just do yin. Right. Um, it's a little torturous for me. I know. Yes. Um, and so to me, the movement and then the stillness is I'm with you. I have to move. I have to get it out, and then I can be still. Yeah. Um. So I yes, I'm right there with you. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting. Leanne and I were talking about how Ash fell in this area because a lot of us are babies of AYC, mm -hmm. and that there to me there is a flavor of mixed level flow that came out of the Asheville Yoga Center. Yeah. 
And Leanne and I talk about all the time that that's like our cocaine. I know, for <laughs> like, sure. Jones for that. Yeah. Like we want that. We have to have it, and it's just one of those things that I don't know. It's just a certain flavor of a mixed level flow yeah. that came out of totally. all of those teachers, like Stephanie and Shayla, and all those people yeah. that I I still crave that. I know. I can't imagine ever not wanting that because it's like coming home almost yes. in a way. Do you yes. know what I mean? Right. It's like coming back to mom and dad or right. coming back to the lineage that I, you know, first started with. Yeah. And um that's always gonna hold a special place in my heart. Totally. Me too. Absolutely. Is there a style of yoga that what's your least favorite or that you don't love? Iyengar. Mm -hmm. Which is funny because that's kinda how I started. I mean I did you know, I've dabbled in some things, but then I got into Iyengar at another fitness center. I think it was is that why it took five years to come back? Well, no, I actually like just that was Wilmington, and then you know, I moved to Boone Mountains, mm -hmm. Rock, and then went to a gym there, and that was just the style of yoga mm -hmm. that they taught there. Yep, and she was trained in Asheville. But, um, and, and at the time, as a beginner, I loved it. Yeah. Because I was like, whoa, do this, do that, you know, yeah. all the different manipulations that happen and with, you know, in five minutes when you're in triangle, five minutes on one side. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for that foundation because mm -hmm. I was like, that's how you do it. And, uh, but I don't want to go back to that at all. Mm -hmm. yeah. Also, I know what you mean. I mean, here's the thing. There are things about Iyengar that I did like. Because um, I can find something about any practice to like. Me too. But what I didn't love was I felt like there was so much focus on this perfect alignment, like this black and white idea yeah. of what a pose is supposed to look like. And as someone who... Like, you know, I never, like, I have just, like, weird stuff in my hips and in my body. And so yeah. I always felt like I wasn't great at it because I just couldn't get into their idea of alignment. Mm -hmm. And it felt so alignment-focused, like, move the, the you know, Leslie Kamen off says, move the follicle of the hair on the cell, <laughs> on the, you know what I mean? Yes. That I felt like I never got into the joy of it or the subtle energy of it. Yeah. You know, I was so damn hyper-focused on yeah. what I look like over right. like all the other things. Yes. And um, and I also missed, there's a, and I, I only took a yangar from one particular person. No, actually I've taken it from several people. But I missed the fluidity of a yes. flow. Like it was like, we would get up, get down, get up, get down. There was no like rhyme or reason to yes. it. It was just, let's do this, oh, let's do this, oh, let's do that. And I just was like, oh my God, like, yeah. you know what I mean? It just yeah. didn't feel intentional in the sense that nothing was linked to anything. Yeah. So it just sort of felt jerky, I guess. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh -huh. um, but I will say I love that Iyengar introduced props. You yeah. know, and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of great things Iyengar. I'm not busting on Iyengar. Right. I'm just saying that there's... Me neither. <laughs> right, Kendra isn't either. <laughs> um, but it is interesting that, because I know what you're saying, for a beginner, there are things about Iyengar that are awesome. But for me, I just prefer a more fluid yeah. type of class. Mm -hmm. And Iyengar, Iyengar felt masculine to me. Yes. It felt like a more rigid like military, I don't know, it felt more masculine yeah. to me. Mm -hmm. And um, the flow, and not that I have a problem with holding poses, and I get what, you know, yeah. but, but I liked the feminine, fluid, 
softness of a flow. It yeah. felt less rigid to me. Yeah. I don't know how else to explain it. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's. I mean, he was a man, and <laughs> he only taught men, you know, for many, many years. So yeah, so that, that explains that. That explains that. And you know, I don't know why we're basing all of our alignment cues on one man's body. Right. I mean, I don't really understand that exactly. So do you have a really funny story of something really funny or awkward happening in one of your yoga classes? Funny story. You don't have to name names. Yeah. Um, I don't. What about taking, you yourself taking a class versus, or like teaching a class, anything funny happening in a class? My memory sucks, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, if something funny happens, like, I'll laugh like hell in the moment, and then I'll, and then it's gone. The and then time. it's gone. So, I, nothing's coming to mind. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just let it go? I let it go. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Giggle and move on, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's funny, <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, which yeah. probably doesn't help. So, what's your favorite place you've ever been to? Um... The first thing that comes to mind is the Isle of Capri, which is off of the southern tip of Italy. Okay. Um, it's kind of near Sicily, and mm -hmm. um, it's amazing. Beautiful, beautiful island, like blue, blue water, Mediterranean water, um, flowers, and like little stone steps that lead, you know, to little passageways, and just a cool little village, and... Uh, uh, yeah. Italy's gorgeous. Italy's gorgeous. I did the Cinque Terre hike. We actually stayed near Portofino. Yeah. And that hike, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, stone yeah. steps on the cliffs on the ocean. Yes. I mean, it's just stunning. Yes. It yeah. really is. It's hard yeah. to explain. It's like just, it really is almost like, I don't know, it's almost like you can't even believe it's real. Can't even believe it's real. Mm-hmm. But then the second thought that comes to mind is Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Kauai, the island of Kauai, mm -hmm. which my husband and I went to maybe three years ago, and um, it was, again, out of this world. Like, you don't know which way to look. You know, tell, I tell people, like, if you're sitting on the beach, and you're in this cove, and it's, like, incredible, and there's, like, mountains, you know, I mean, it, or, you know, so you can have your chair facing the ocean, or you could turn your chair around, and you could, like, look behind you and, like, see this other incredible mountain, like, you know, 200 foot waterfall. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You're just like, what way do I look? I mean, it's just yeah. bafflingly beautiful and amazing. Yeah, I've been to Waikiki and I've been to Maui, but I have not been to where you've been. And yeah, it's the plane ride was brutal. Brutal. But it's worth it. So worth it. When you go, when oh. you get there. Oh. And I tell people if you can go, like, you have to stay at least a week to yeah. 10 days at a minimum. Yes. Just because there's so much to do, there's so many cool things to see. No. Um, I, yeah, I loved it. And you just gotta stay in that vibe. Mm -hmm. Like my husband said, like, as soon as we walked off the plane, he was like, I feel it. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it ain't like, well, you can like, see why okay. people don't leave. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of people go to Hawaii either for college or for whatever, and they just don't leave. Yeah. They stay there forever. Yeah. Because it's Hawaii. Yeah. You know? Like, why would you leave? Yeah, I know what you're saying. There is not There is a vibe on those islands 
that's a little bit different. The pace of life is different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting it's around good food. Mm -hmm. Everything grown right there. Mm -hmm. oh. It's just lush. Yes. You know, it's so lush. That's what like stood out to me is everything was just. You can just tell they can grow anything. Yeah. The flowers are gorgeous. You've got the mountains, the beach, and it is just like the flowers. Everything's incredible. Everything's incredible. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're making me want to go back. Tropical. Talking about this. I'm all about tropical. You're all about tropical? For sure. So I was until menopause hit. Ah. And right now the heat is not calling my name. Yeah. But I'm hopeful that on the other side of this, I will feel differently. Yeah. You know, and again, I mean, Hawaii, when we went, the weather was actually really pleasant. Yeah. It wasn't super hot and humid. Not at all. And that's what I can't handle right now. It's like the hot and the humid. Yeah. And Hawaii, I don't remember Hawaii really being like that. And we went in August. Mm-hmm. If I remember. Yeah, we went in August. It was right before my freshman year in college. Yeah. My mom and I went over there. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, it was really nice. Like, yeah. there, it cools off at night. There's a breeze. Yes. So, maybe I do need to go back there. Oh. Maybe my menopausal self can take that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And the waves there. The like, waves. I remember watching the surfers oh my gosh. out on the beach and just kind of my jaw hanging open. I mean, I've never seen waves like that in my entire life. Yeah. Um, I've never seen surfing. Like, I just, that was the part that kind of blew my mind was... I grew up going to the beach. I've been. To, I, I have a connection with the beach. I love the beach. I love the ocean. It's the place where I feel my whole nervous system just thump, yes. relax. Mm -hmm. And I had never been to an ocean or a beach like that where it, the waves were like skyscrapers. Mm -hmm. They were so high. Yeah. Um, I just had never seen anything like that, mm -hmm. and I haven't really seen anything like that since. Have you been to Costa Rica? No. Do I need to go? Yes, you do. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's hot though. Yeah, see, I don't know. I have to think about that. I don't know if I could handle that. Oh, wow, is it great? Is it? So monkeys. That, no. Monkeys. I know, but I've heard monkeys can sometimes throw shit at you. Oh, I don't know. I didn't have that. So. <laughs> well, I used to own a business, and my partner was from Panama, and he would tell me stories about monkeys get like. I, well, he would also say that there were some of his buddies would like you know egg them on, and they throw shit at them. So maybe monkeys only throw shit if egged oh. on in that regard. Right. Um, so where have you never been that you want to go? So many places. It's not even funny. All right, what's your top three? <laughs> um, well, we're going to the Caribbean this winter. Mm -hmm. Where so in the Caribbean? We're going to Culebra, which is an island off of... Puerto I don't Rico. know that. Puerto Rico. Well, oh, I've been to Puerto Rico. Okay. So Puerto Rico's gorgeous. Yeah. Puerto Rico's, again, mountains and beach. Yeah. Um, whoops. I always do that. Okay. <laughs> Pour a little too much. And no I such say thing. thank you to myself. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, it's a little island um, east of Puerto mm -hmm. Rico. And it's supposed to have the most beautiful beach in the world. You'll have to let me Puerto know. Puerto Rico Beach, yeah. It's all about snorkeling there. and so I do love to snorkel. Yeah. I struggle with scuba diving. My best friend I grew up with is a master scuba diver, and she's convinced she's going to get me over the hump. I've done it. I yeah. actually did it in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, but I prefer snorkeling. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. To surfing. To scuba diving. Oh, scuba diving. Yeah. Scuba diving. Maybe I said surfing. I okay. meant scuba diving. Okay. So scuba diving, I don't know. There's something a little, the whole oxygen tank. Yes. Claustrophobia thing just yeah. disturbs me a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the snorkel... I at least can always go up for air. Yeah. It's very different. So I love snorkeling. Me too. 
Yes. I, I love it too. I love being a part of that mm-hmm. world under there. Yeah, it feels doesn't it feels almost like you're um I don't know, it's like it feels like you're in another world. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you're like look peeking in, like almost like a eavesdropping or mm-hmm. sneaking in and looking on some world. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, I love that. You know, it's funny, um, I'm gonna relate this to yoga. But like I also love the, the sound of like listening to your own uh, breath in that way you mm-hmm. know, underwater. That that sound it's like ujjayi breathing totally. through the snorkel, like on steroids. Ujjayi mm-hmm. on steroids. Yeah, and I also think I like the silence of mm-hmm. being underwater. It's that weird muffled silence. Yeah, that I don't really get anywhere else. I know, mm-hmm. and I like that too. So peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. Caribbean, that, that's where we're going. Caribbean. And where else would you go if you had your druthers? Um, I, Thailand is up there. Um, I'm going to study some Thai massage soon this winter. Mm-hmm. And, and I would love to, I, I don't know, I, I, I've heard about it for years from different people. I just, I think the people, from what I hear, are great. Mm-hmm. And the culture is great. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, I've heard that too. I've yeah. known somebody we've been who love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's up there. Spain is up there. Um, I mean, I'll, I could I could spell out like travel is is a thing do. for you. I want a lot more of it. I'd yeah. like to go to Scotland. I mean, that's yeah, the Scotland's next on our bucket list. Yes, because my husband. Well, we thought he was Scottish. To we, uh, who knows? He thought he was Scottish, and then it turns out they like, like added an A into his name at some point because one of his relatives decided in his mind decided that, literally it says in his genealogy in his mind what? they should have been spelled MacDonald. So who the hell knows what wow. he really is? Wow. But that Scotland's on our bucket list, and I've been to Spain. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I loved Spain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, we were trying to tell our kids recently, like that's kind of our new thing, is I would rather give them experiences uh-huh. than gifts yes. or things. Yes. So we kind of told our kids from now on for Christmas presents and like things like that, we're going to go somewhere. Yeah. Because I didn't even go to Europe for the first time until I was in my 40s. Yeah. And my kids have already been to Europe twice. Right. So they're already more traveled and, you know, they've already, so that's kind of what I would rather give them experiences. I would rather let them see the world. Yes. And of course tag along because I like hanging out with them. Yeah. But I'd rather do that than about any other thing. So I'm kind of with you. There's a lot I want to see. Yeah. I'm just not a great traveler. I don't know how to travel well. I don't either. That. That's what I'm saying. Like a mess, you know. I'm a Griswold. <laughs> I want to take everything I own because yeah. I might need it. Right. I know. Yeah. And then... Half the shit I don't use, but it's like yeah. in my mind I think I need it. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm not a great traveler. I have a couple of really good friends who are just mad. they need to do a master class in it. Yeah. Because they pack, they're freaking ruthless when they pack. Yeah. They're really good at it, and I suck at it. Yeah. And I've gotten better. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. I know. I just you can't. don't know what you don't know. That's I'm such a mood dresser. I- what is my <laughs> mood gonna be? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I do. Every time, every time I pack, if it's like a weekend, you know, and I'm like, I'm gonna go light. I'm just gonna pack these two things, and I regret it, you know. Uh-huh. And I'm always like, damn it, yeah. I don't have what I need, you know. Yeah. yeah. Then when I then when I pack multiple things, I'm like, I don't need any of this shit. Yeah. So, yeah I know. I'm with you. I can't. I haven't figured it out. I even yet. have the little organizers. They still don't help. 
because I can jam a ton of shit in those organizers. You know, so I mean, all my shit's organized, yeah. but it's still too much shit. Right. You know, and I mean, it's like it's like I think I'm going to a third world country, and I'll have no laundry. <laughs> I'll never be able to get anything ever again. And yeah. so there's an art form to that. I just haven't figured out what it is. Yeah. And I mean, they my so when we went to Europe the first time, my kids were probably maybe ten and twelve. And um, I, one whole suitcase was food because <laughs> they were swimmers. And as God is my witness, Kendra, the biggest suitcase I checked was their food. And week we were there for three weeks. Week one, all that food was gone. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so they a ate they ate their way through Europe. <laughs> so silly. then you can fill that suitcase back. With I did. Yeah. I filled it with all the shit I bought. <laughs> I don't think I wasn't planning that. Because my big thing I like to bring back is artwork. Yes. I like artwork. That's a big thing that we like to bring back from where we go. So it's like you can roll it up in little tubes and put it in that suitcase and bring it back. Yes. So where does your little man want to go? Um, if you asked him today. I mean, other than California. somewhere it has meat and potatoes. <laughs> uh, California is on the top of his list. So That's interesting. That was on the top of my son's list. Really? When he graduated from college. Before, he was right in the middle of COVID, so I couldn't take him anywhere. I said, if you could go anywhere, where'd you go? He said, California. Same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were going to take him, yeah. and then we had to punt because yes. I don't want to go to California in the middle of COVID. I know. We did, too. We, we were on that same train. We were mm -hmm. about to go. But so, California. Yeah. wonder why. Um, you know, we've talked about the redwood forest since mm -hmm. he was young. I think that sounds magical to him, mm -hmm. and it is magical. Mm -hmm. um, San Francisco, he's, he's into cities. Yeah. yeah so, and he, he yeah. Like, wants to go to L.A. I'm like, oh, L.A. You know, I mean, I'll go, but okay. yeah, but you know, when they're like, my son wants to go to New York, and yeah. he wants, yeah, he wants cities too. Yeah, I think they think that's where it's happening. That's what's up. I think my kids think the worst thing they can think of is being stuck in the country with me. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Like, okay, great, it's true. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. when we went to Europe, that's one of the smart things I did was I wasn't in cities, but I was in small cities. Yeah. So they had something to do, so they didn't cannibalize each other and drive me insane. <laughs> so we kind of tried to thread the needle. Like we went through Paris, but then we hit some other smaller places. Yeah. So it's kind of like, can we see some little cities and maybe a little bit of big city, but you know, maybe yes. not such huge stuff. Right. Okay, so what's your favorite childhood comfort food? Oh, um, definitely I would say hamburgers. Cheeseburgers? Cheeseburgers. Something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mine's grilled cheese. Yeah. Yeah. That was what I got when I was sick. Uh-huh. So I have a thing for grilled cheese. Yeah. And then chicken noodle soup. Probably yeah. both of those. Uh, I mean, I think if you ask my mom, she would say any food. <laughs> I was happy with snacks. Like... I was one of the, it's like a dog, you know, who's, who's motivated by treats. I was motivated by food and snacks. It's like, it's the best thing, you know? And so if you can just put your kid down with like a bunch of snacks and they're happy. That's hilarious. My yeah. memory is I was super freaking picky. Um, so I was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can remember like, cause I grew up picky. And so like, I remember just, I thought the way my mom made it was the only way it should be made. Yeah. So like my mom, the, one of the funniest things was my husband and I were together early on and I made him tuna fish. And um, my mom makes tuna fish with a shit ton of lemon pepper and dill pickle. So it is like your sodium intake for the entire year. So he takes a bite and he's like, hmm. And I was like, what? You don't like it? And he's like, um, sort of. You know, he's trying to lie. And I can see he's a horrible liar. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And he's like, it's just too salty. I was like, it is not too salty. 
Yeah, you know, and I was yes. he's like, it is. And so it's funny, in my mind, that's how tuna fish was supposed to be. Wow, yeah. That's so, funny. I mean, I thought however she made it was just right, uh -huh. and everyone else was wrong. Yeah. So, one of the best things I ever did was I got a job in the food industry. I got a job waiting tables. Yeah. And that just drop kicked me so far out of my picky ass, weird self. Yeah. Because I was such a, like, freako about everything. Yeah. You know, like, we'd go through the drive through McDonald's as a treat, and I'd make my dad scrape every molecule uh -huh. of my condiment oh, off of my cheeseburger. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I mean, I feel like I need to apologize to my dad now because I was. <laughs> Fucking nightmare, <laughs> and you know, and getting in the in the food industry that really like, and it was not my because the more my parents tried to get me to eat different stuff, the more stubborn I was about it. Because mm -hmm. food's a control is the issue, right? Yeah. So I mean, I was like, I may not be able to control that, but I can damn sure what go, control uh -huh. what goes in my mouth. Uh huh. And so that was the battle I was willing to fall yeah. on the sword for. Yeah. And then when I got in the restaurant business, I started trying different stuff, and then I was like, okay. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like yeah. Maybe some of these foods are not that bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wish I had been a less picky ear as a kid, but we are who we are. We are who we are. Aren't we? Yep. That's it. So who inspires you? Oh, I mean, a lot of people. My mom, mm -hmm. she's super sweet and uh, just a good person, just, mm -hmm. a, just a good person. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. like look up to her. She's my hero, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> my husband, who's like way more of a yoga teacher than I would ever be. Mm -hmm. In what way? Um, he's he's just knows it, reads it, lives it, breathes it. Uh -huh. He's all of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, he you know he gives me the reminders. It, it pisses me off too, you know. Yeah, because nobody likes somebody <laughs> calling you on your shit. Right, you know, I mean, it's great, but I'm like, I know, you know, uh, <laughs> whatever. But, um, but yeah, uh, he's he's an amazing, amazing man to witness. Like to witness his life mm -hmm. is uh, such a treat. It's such a treat. And what about as a father? Amazing. I mean, we all have our moments. We all have our sure, of course, right? He's human, but. So hands-on, so mm -hmm. great, so present, so, you know, calm, mm -hmm. so wants to role model the way. And I think boys, I think for boys having the dad yeah, present and engaged is important because that, it's not like, there's a different relationship, I think, with mothers and sons mm -hmm. um, than there is with sons and dads. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. so I think having, you know, a strong uh, paternal presence mm -hmm. for a boy is really important. Yeah, it is. And he's fun. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he, he's fun. Mm -hmm. He's a play. He likes to play. Yeah, well, all dads do. Yeah. yeah. I can remember my husband used to work in the basement. And I would go down to do laundry. And I'd been with the kids all day. And I would come upstairs with a bag of laundry and a grumpy. And I would slam the door and they'd be like, Dad, is that you? And I'd be like, wow. It's money. He stopped working made me so mad. Yeah. Because I'd been with him all day and I'd been in the weeds with him and then you know he would come in like the hero. Oh the totally. fun guy. You know what I mean? And I'd just be like, fine, go see fun dad. Yeah. Grumpy mom is going outside with a glass of wine and just don't even look at me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's so 
but yeah, and it's so true. So yes, he was Captain Fun. Yeah, I mean, not that he wasn't. He was willing to put the hammer down when he needed to be. Yeah. Um, but I know what you're saying. Like my husband had. It's funny when you talk about the. I never thought of it until you presented it that way. But my husband is a good yoga teacher in a different way. Like my kids, he was into Star Wars, mm -hmm. so my kids had the Jedi meditation that he would do with them. Yeah. And so I loved. And so they would do that meditation. Now would they do anything with me? Hell no. Yeah. But because he incorporated Star Wars into it, and it was a meditation with the simple, you know, be nice, use your word, you know. And yeah. so they thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So he made things. Fun, yeah, in a way that it just didn't occur to me to yeah. do that. It's just not natural, or I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know. I'm well, it's like it I think we all have our roles, you know. Yes. Like he and I used to laugh because I'm convinced everything is a three alarm fire. You know, like half the time my kids would fall. I'm like, oh my god, they've broken a bone. And every time he's like, no, they're fine. And I will tell you, half the time he was right, and half the time I was right. Yeah. You know, so his and I guess we complement each other. It's yeah. kind of a yin and yang. Yeah. Because you know, obviously we don't need to always think something's really wrong, but at the same time, sometimes yeah. <laughs> there was, yeah. and so we kind of balanced each other out that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and um, and that, I think having kids and in a relationship, a marriage, really does, like I remember um, uh, Vishnu Das saying, Vishnu, um, he did the Ayurvedic yeah. at yeah. the AYC, uh -huh. he was like, if you want to know how your yoga is going, look at your closest relationships. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay, he's not <laughs> wrong in that, it's, isn't it so easy to be nice to the person in the grocery store? Sure. A perfect stranger you don't know, and then you go home and you're just like, yeah, you know, because it's like the people closest to you, there's yes. a history, it's very different, Yes. and I, I've always, that's always stuck in my head, that saying, yeah. because like that's my work. Yeah. It's our work in yes. yoga. I mean, to the relationship closest to us, having a yogic mindset and a philosophy around that, and I think that's the hardest. It is. It is. Don't you think so too? Sure. Yeah. And um, you know, it's that's one of those things that I always kind of try to remember when I'm having a little mini meltdown or yeah. something's making me crazy. Yeah. It's like that detachment, separate myself from this reaction right now. I know. Which is not easy so to do. Hard. It is so really hard. Yep. Yeah. Really is. I know. We're preaching to the choir. Uh huh. So, anything else you want to kind of say before we wrap it up? Because we're close to at the end. I don't think so. Oh, I do want to mention a couple things before we finish. Um, is so you're doing some of our 300-hour modules, which yeah. I'm really excited about. Yes. Yeah. Um, you're doing the sutras, the um, pranayama mudras, and breath work. Yeah. And um, I don't know, there may be another one. Ayurveda. Yes, the Ayurvedic one. Mm -hmm. So um, when you think of like advanced studies and the 300-hour modules, like what does that mean to you? Um, it's exciting, to be honest. Uh, it's it's like, for me, I feel like taking taking your foundation and, and just taking it to the next level mm -hmm. and, and really understanding like, you know, you come to a class, if you just come to a class or something, I mean, you get an hour or hour and a half of whatever teachings are presented, right? Mm -hmm. And, but do you really get the time to like sit down with the teacher and like really ask, what is this good for? What is happening mm -hmm. here? You know, and break mm -hmm. things down and have that time to have that time with the teacher who who puts in the extra time and study into this into these particular mm -hmm. um, specialties that like that can just take you to to such another level like it it's it's really unbelievable what 
like where that that mm -hmm. experience can take you to. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's so different. The 200 hour, you're on such a structured syllabus. Like there's things you have to cram in, and there's a lot of information you have to pack in. And the 300 hour to me was such a deep dive mm -hmm. into all the little branches. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the 200 hour. There's all these things they have to get in your brain, yeah. and it's a lot of, and it's like a, it's like a tiptoe into a lot of different things. Yes. And then the 300 hour is like the deep dive. Yes. Into the like like you immerse yourself into all these different branches. Right. And I think you come. I don't know. I I came out of mine just like oh my god. Yeah. You know like I like it's different when you're reading a book. Mm -hmm. And you're and you think you're absorbing information. To me, I'm an experiential learner, mm -hmm. so reading books and all that serves a purpose. I'm not saying it doesn't, but yeah. there's something different about an immersive workshop where you're in there with someone who has knowledge, and you get to interact. Yeah. You get to ask questions. You're in there with other people, and then you get to. Exp it's just different. Yeah, it is completely different. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is. It's really different, and I think having a smaller group. You know, also is nice. Like I, my 200 hour was I don't know, like 36 people, and then my 300 hour classes were huge. Wow! Yeah. I mean, they were really big, and yeah. so I think, to, and so I didn't. You don't ask as many questions. Yes. Because then you feel like, oh, I'm going to be that person, and you know, and right. there just doesn't feel like I don't know. I mean, I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was amazing, but I also didn't ask a lot of questions I wanted to ask, mm -hmm. and it didn't. It didn't feel as um, interactive mm -hmm. because you just when you're in that those big classes you just don't feel like you can ask questions I know. so I think it is nice when you're in a smaller group and you get to really ask questions and you get mm -hmm. to feel like um, all the things you've always wanted to ask but didn't ask you yes. can ask those questions and get answers yeah absolutely yeah I love this smaller like family mm -hmm. vibe you see the same people more you know mm -hmm. and then you can like really build on that when you do see the same people in your class you know mm -hmm. then you're like sweet now we can like take this and, and mm -hmm. do a little bit more like I know you know, maybe there's, if, if somebody brand new that I didn't know came into my class, like I, you know, maybe be concerned about even like holding the breath, like, oh gosh, is this mm -hmm. person going to be okay, like even holding their breath, you know, for that mm -hmm. long, and they feel like they're going to die, you know, and so. Yeah, the breath, look, it's so funny when people ask me like about the advanced, Michael and I like for this, like the advanced poses, I'm like, well, just try some breath work. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to yes. me, that's the hard stuff. It is. You know, because some of the other challenging poses, it's like. So much of it is like, you know, are you physically strong enough? What's your, what genetic hand were you dealt? Yeah. You know, but the breath work to me, it's, to me, that's the hard, the advanced hard stuff that it really is. anybody has access to. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. And it's universally hard for everybody. Right. Yeah. It takes a trust and it takes, and it takes time and it takes practice. But, but ultimately it's like, you know, can you trust in the teacher to, no, you know, she's going to let you breathe <laughs> eventually, you know, or whatever it is. Like, can you just trust uh -huh. in that moment to hold? Um, but you know, everybody has to take those those steps to to to, to get to that point. And everybody has to get there when they get there. Yeah, you know, like we all have things, resistance, or stuff, and so we all have our own journey. Yeah. And when we get there, and how we get there yeah and, but I think knowing um, having the tools and having a deeper understanding yeah. of some of these practices um, makes it a little less mysterious and less intimidating yeah don't you think absolutely yeah yep it takes time
It does take time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I don't, you can't look at someone's practice or someone teaching and think, oh, they just are naturally good at that. You don't know what their background is. You don't know what they put, the work they put in or the time they spent studying. I mean, it's like you, nobody knows anybody else's right. background, history, or journey. So it's like, like I said, there's no shortcuts. Right. There's no shortcuts to this. We all put in the work. Yeah. We all put in the practice, and we get there when we get there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wherever there is. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Whatever, I know. Yeah. I can't imagine getting there, but I know. the journey's fun. Yes, the journey <laughs> is fun. The journey is fun. I think that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, um, I mean, it's like this whole idea of samadhi and, you know, this, I mean, like, it's just, just enjoy the journey, enjoy the practice, mm-hmm. and the rest of it will sort itself out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Kendra, thank you. for being here. Yeah. Really enjoyed having you. Thank you. And um, we'll have you back sometime soon. So, you know, but I really appreciate your time. Oh, and um, thank you guys for joining us for Namaste Real, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Everybody, welcome to Namaste Real. I'm here with Kendra. We were just giggling about the how people mangle our names because I've heard people call you Chandra or puggy little names, and same with me. So you have to giggle about that stuff. Totally. Well, I'm glad to have you. Thank you for being here. I know you're busy, so I really appreciate your time. Totally. We're having a splash, so cheers. Cheers. Because it makes it a lot more fun. And if you hear some crinkling, we have snacks in the background. We might be eating on those too. I remembered that you liked white wine, so is this good for you? Great. Okay, awesome. So my first question for you is, do you remember your very first yoga class? Yes, I do. Can you tell me a little bit about it? I'm always curious about that. Yeah. Um, I was living in Wilmington, and um, I would I went to this uh, Gold's Gym, and... Now, was this when you were in college? This is when I was in college. Okay. And it, I'll never forget because it was a day where we had some snow, which is completely rare, you know, in Wilmington. I've have, never heard of it. So yeah, yes, very rare to have any snow. I mean, it was like it barely fell. I mean, it was there wasn't even an inch on the ground, but everything was closed. Yeah. And so I had this day off, and I was like, you know, I'm at the gym. I'm going to go to this yoga class and and check it out. And so I went, and I it blew my mind first class, I was like, wow, what is this? Why haven't I been doing this? And um, yeah, uh, I probably didn't do it again for like another five years <laughs> for some reason. But yeah, I was blown away right yeah. away. Yeah. yeah, see, I was too. Uh-huh. First class rocked my world. Yeah. Like blew my head off, mm-hmm. completely blew my head off. And I've heard a lot of people, teachers, like you know, people that I know who did not have a great first class. And it wasn't necessarily always because of the teacher or, you know, the style or whatever. It was just they were so unprepared for what it made them feel that they just were angry, uncomfortable, whatever. And I always find it interesting because I didn't have any of that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I so love this. I do remember going in with some resistance. Like, I'm not doing anything weird. Mm. I'm not. I didn't want to take my socks off. I don't know why. Mm. I just didn't want to. So I had weird resistance, but it was still a really good experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so you waited five years before you went back to your next one? Pretty much. That's yeah. so funny. Isn't it? Yeah. I was like a like 
totally about the weights and the running. You were a college athlete too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was like, and I think that's what made that class blow me away is because, you know, I've done so many different kinds of movement and, you know, athletics and stuff. But for that, like, I felt strong afterwards. Like, I felt like I got a workout, but I was so relaxed. I mean, that Shavasana, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that Shavasana took me away, first one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where the hell did I go? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it was, but yeah, I don't know. It, and then I just went back to running. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, Leanne talks about running outside after a first yoga class to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> that's all she thought about the whole time totally. is cannot wait for that cigarette you know and Jake says the same thing so yeah you have to laugh about that stuff yeah. Yeah, yeah so I want to know what was it like playing sports in college well I mean I only played one year mm-hmm. um, it was great I I was very very fit and I loved running and doing all the things for the record Kendra's still very fit <laughs> That was. I don't believe uh, that for one minute. Well, now it is. <laughs> I, yes, I do. Twenty years later. Uh-huh. Yeah, she ate once she used to be. But, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so it, it was great. I loved being on a team. I mean, I definitely did too much like drinking, partying, and that that whole part of that being on. I feel that in college, Kendra. That tells you how much yeah. I did. Well, I made my dad said it was magna cum laude and fun. Yeah. Too bad you don't get a degree in that. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I somehow you did you? Yeah. Because I started off at a university in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and that's where I played sports. Okay. I got into that school for field hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise they were like, you yeah, know, she wasn't coming in unless she was an athlete. Yeah, that, right. That kind of thing. Uh huh. So that's how I got into that school, and uh, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for school. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. High school didn't prepare me at all. For me that either. College thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, to, just to answer your question, the, the the field hockey was amazing. I I did love it. For the time that mm-hmm. I was, you know, on the team, it was hard to go from, um, you know, maybe as you know, like being kind of a, a star athlete from in high school, like freshman, being mm-hmm. in the whatever, always starting, always, and then yes. you're and then you're in college sports yep. and you're like on the sideline, like what yeah. the hell? I want to play. I'm not. I'm not standing. Yeah. I'm not here to stand around on the sideline. Yeah. Play. Yeah. So well, my son hard. swam in college and kind of went through the same thing. Yeah. He was the big deal, won the state championship, yeah. and then he goes to college, and there's all they're all big deals. Yeah. And so to be a, just a big deal and a bunch of big deals yeah. was a big like challenge for him. Totally. You know, and I think that's hard for everybody. It I think is. that is one of the hardest parts about going from high school sports to college sports. Yeah. Is big dogs. Yeah. Lots of big dogs. Yeah. I love, um, my husband just told me, my son's doing jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. and already, like these eight, nine-year-olds, the, the, the head coach of the jiu-jitsu is like, I just want to tell you right now, you're not a big deal. <laughs> I don't, you, you might be a big deal at home to your parents, mm-hmm. but when you get out in the world, you're not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that was what it was. It was kind yeah. of like, whoa, you know? It's yeah, like, and I do think as parents, we don't do our kids any favors when we tell them repeatedly, yeah, you're perfect. You can do anything. Yeah. There can be no challenges. You can do whatever. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't think you have to like squash them down, but we were really upfront with our kid. Like he wanted division one. He wanted to swim. He wanted to go to the University of Georgia. And I was like, sweetheart, like that's just not happening. Like yeah. the times it's so competitive. It's so crazy. Yeah. And I do think it's, you know, I think it's okay to tell your kids. Yeah. I know. None of us are really a big deal at the end of the day. Right. 
No. I do like that. It's humbling. It is humbling. It's great though. Yes. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so you ended up at UNCW. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, via, you know, community college here, community college there. Oh, yeah. Oh, Wilmington. Sister. <laughs> so I failed out of Georgia with a 167. I could not make a 12.05 p.m. Psychology 101 class. Oh, How sad my is gosh. that? Yeah. So I failed out, ended up at DeKalb Community College, yeah. then went some other, and then anyway, ended up at Georgia State, yeah. and somehow got my shit together. Right. And, um, you know, it's funny. I... I used to beat myself up for that, and now I think back and I'm like, you know, I don't know that I trade that experience for anything. Mm -hmm. Because it made me realize that failure and screwing up is not the end of the world, mm -hmm. unless you let it be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that we let our kids as a society, or we, it's like we just don't want our kids to fail, mm -hmm. or we don't want them to have a bump in the road, you know, we're, and I... And I even remember my dad was like, okay, well, guess what? Your free ride in college is over. So I had to get a job and help pay for the rest of it. Yeah. And it made me appreciate my college education more. Yeah. And it made me realize there was a point where all of a sudden I realized nobody was going to do it for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was, I guess I was coddled in high school in a way. Mm -hmm. And you get to college, the professor doesn't care if you show up. He doesn't take attendance, right. he or she, whoever. And all of a sudden, it, and so then, ergo, I didn't go. Right. <laughs> And then, guess what? Yeah. I didn't make great grades, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, I'm here for, like, I'm here to learn. Yeah. So anyway, looking back on that, and I've been very honest with my kids about it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I was a huge screw-up. Right. Don't follow in my footsteps unless right. you can really help it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just, it's funny, I mean, I look back on that, and I, and I, it made me not afraid to try things. Yes, absolutely. You know? Mm -hmm. So tell me about the first time you talked. Do you remember the first class that you taught? Um, well, okay. In a, it, the first class that I taught in a classroom setting was in Boone mm -hmm. at, at Neighborhood Yoga Studio, and I don't remember that experience. Um, I just know where I was. But the first time, you know, like you have to practice uh, teaching people. Mm -hmm. One person comes to mind, and it was this woman who I used to run with in Boone, and um, she and I were really good friends. She it was like so strange. I mean, I was like 24, and she was like 65, mm -hmm. and I mean, she would take me on these huge runs, and you know, we'd be in Moses Cone and on the trails, and it was just the most interesting but beautiful relationship, friendship, mm -hmm. and um, so I taught her, and I remember just how sweet she was and how it was just one-on-one, -on -one, you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, and gracious and, and grateful and, and, and inflexible. <laughs> I mean, she was a tight little woman. Yeah. Um, but you know, so it was, it was kind of great to see, to see that and, you know, see mm -hmm. all the, that's what I, one of the things I love about it, seeing all the different people and all mm -hmm. the different ways of so you don't remember like awkward first teaching nope. experiences? Nope. Oh God, I wish I didn't remember mine. Really? They're like burned in my head. Wow. Yeah, my first class, um, I prepared what I thought was an hour and a half class, and 45 minutes in, I'd blown through everything. And I went just dead blank. And so I think I had people in Warrior One for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sat there and just thought, Okay, breathe. Yeah. And I'm thinking, and I just yeah. could, you know what I mean. I, we have to giggle. Luckily, it was like my neighbor and some other person I knew. It was the practice teaching, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I thought to myself, this is why we practice teach. So that when someone's actually paying us for the experience, we don't do things like this. Yeah. It just totally frees. Right. So that's one of my early funny memories. And yeah. it's just like, just okay. Just the clock's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. And I think, I even think that was like an hour and a half class. And I think I put him in Shavasana for like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, just done. Because after that 10 minute warrior on each side, I feel like they earned it. <laughs> And I really had nothing left anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. And I remember Stephanie Keach um, telling me a funny story about her first um, class. She was in the car, like trying to memorize all the pieces of paper. You know, she was like hunkered down in her seat, didn't want anybody to see her. Uh -huh. And then she went in and then forgot everything on that piece of paper and just kind of had to wing the whole thing. And yeah. my point is, there's just no shortcut to teaching. I mean, yeah. you just got to do it. Yes. You got to have the awkward moments. Yeah. You gotta have the, you know, you gotta have, there's just no shortcut to it. You just gotta do it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had a lot of awkward moments and, you know. How I nice remember, for you that you don't remember. Yeah, that. I mean, I do remember once being in an arm balance and falling, like demonstrating it. Like, watch me, here's how you do it. <laughs> Ego maniac, and then like perfect, like fall on right on my chin. And I'll never forget, like, one woman's face with her jaw open, like, <gasps> I mean, yeah, I was just like, well, don't do that, I guess, you know? I mean, what else can you do? It is. Yeah, you have to laugh about it. You do. You can't take yourself too seriously Yeah. as a teacher, because those yeah. things are going to happen. Right, right. Yeah. Pretty much every horrible thing I think anyone can imagine has happened to me, <laughs> um, you know, like in teaching, and then I've had teaching at the fitness center every bizarro thing, like people jackhammering on the outside of the building and the fire alarm going off in Shavasana. So I, but the good thing is that me, I'm kind of unflappable now. Yeah. You know, after enough of those things, you're like, okay, yeah. as long as nobody's bleeding or we're not calling an ambulance, it really right. just can't be that bad. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what was your first concert? First concert was the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys. Yeah. Uh, I was in How California. How old were you? And I, I think I was probably like six, mm -hmm. young. Oh, you were young. Hell yeah, you young. were six. I mean, girl, young. Holy crap! My dad was like, "We're going, girls." <laughs> you know. You saw the Beach Boys at six, like young. Yeah. And is it a pretty vivid memory? I the only thing I remember. I mean, I'm gonna guess six to ten. I don't. Yeah, know. somewhere in there. But the only thing I remember were um, beach balls being bounced around in the yeah, air. Yeah, that six years old or yeah. whatever. You'd remember that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't go to my first one until I was twelve, and I saw Elton John. Wow. Yes, I yeah, saw Elton John in Atlanta, and it was it was great. It was incredible. That was back in his super fun flamboyant stage. Uh. And there was a streaker, a naked person, decided to hang from the ceiling of the Omni. Yeah. So it was first concert for naked, first naked man in public. So <laughs> I got killed all those at one time. Yeah. Um, so do you, did that kind of, in his music, is that something that... Love it. Mm -hmm. Love it. I mean, when I was 12, what popped into my mind is I saw The Grateful Dead with Jerry Garcia. Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, it wasn't long after that that he passed, well, in, you know, in high school. And I'll never forget walking around and being like, what the hell is that smell? Patchouli <laughs> no. or pot? Right. I it's mean, one of the two. Right. It was both for sure. And yeah. uh, so, you know, definitely a lot of eye openers there. But I mean, I grew up in right over the bridge from Philadelphia. And by the time I was 12, 
I would pay 35 cents and take that speed line and go into the city and see shows. And I don't know why my mom said yes, but she did. Well, back then it was different. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we just had so much more freedom back then. So much freedom. You know, like I saw Van Halen in eighth grade. I'll never forget. He wore, David Lee Roth had assless chaps. Like he just whips off the back of his, you know, leather pants. Yes. And I mean, you know, so and we just got to do all that kind of stuff. I mean, I saw The Grateful Dead with Jerry Garcia too yeah. in high school. And yeah, I mean, we got to do all that. I went, yeah. I went and saw The Who in Birmingham when I was, in, you know, it was like yeah. back then you just got to do those things yeah. and nobody really thought that much about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if concerts are a little bit of a thing in the past and in, in the way, you know, like COVID's probably put a bit of a damper on that and... I don't know. It seems like back then that you could afford it. Like I it know. wasn't so expensive. I mean, we went to lots of concerts yeah. and it wasn't crazy expensive. Everybody could do it. And it's just so different now. It seems like it's only like huge name bands and it, you know, it costs know. an arm and a leg. It's just a different bucks. world. I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And for 200 bucks, man, I would want to be like sitting in yeah. the front row, right. having eye contact with whoever that person is. Yeah, I know. I do love shows, but there is that fear factor there, too. Well, so yeah, especially right now. And then, I will tell you, my tolerance for loud is down. Like, I prefer a more intimate, like, I like the, the smaller venues. Yeah. Like, Wilmington actually just built an outdoor venue yeah. similar to Chastain in Atlanta. And I like those, where it's a little more intimate, it's not crazy big, and you're outside. Yeah, those are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did I see there? The um, Chastain. Um, no, in Wilmington at mm -hmm. that venue. Yep. And that's pretty new, there. isn't it? Yeah. Yep. I just went and saw, um, gosh, at Salvage Station, what is his name? Terrible names. He's phenomenal. But I looked it up. Trevor Hall. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, but I was scared as hell. Yeah. I mean, because of COVID. Yeah. You know, otherwise, it would be great. Well, that's why, it, and I get claustrophobic inside. Like, I'd rather be outside anyway, yeah. like with the stars. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, pre-COVID, I always kind of like that anyway. Yeah. So, I kind of prefer being outside. Mm -hmm. And I remember going back to shows where everybody smoked. Mm -hmm. And you'd come home, and you'd have to literally bathe yeah. and almost burn everything you had on. Yeah. So, that part I don't miss. Right. You know, like that part of concerts I really won't miss. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I feel like I sound 120 right now. Um, so what was your, what made you decide to do your 200 hour teacher training? What made you decide to do that? Mm. Um, I was living with a girl in Boone, in Blowing Rock mm -hmm. at the time, and she was in that training. She was in Stephanie's training. Mm -hmm. And we were working together at this restaurant, and I would just watch her. She was so disciplined. Get up, she would do her practice every day, because that was part of the program, mm -hmm. every day. And uh, I started t taking... What year was classes. she in, just out of curiosity, that person that you're talking about? Um, that would have been maybe 2004? Yeah, because that was when I got certified. That's what I'm asking. Oh, wow. There was a girl from Wellington in that certification. Oh, no, I was in Blowing Rock at the time. Oh, you were Blowing Rock. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know. She's probably in there. Yeah. In there. I mean, because there was like 36 of us. Right. Yeah. That's so Because I think that was only the second one she had done. That was early on in yeah. her TT trainings. Yeah. Yeah. What was her name? Her name was Lauren. Okay. I don't remember her last name at this point. Okay. Well, I mean, it was th like 30 years ago, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, it was really her influence. Mm -hmm. I'm just like starting to do more yoga classes with her. Mm -hmm. I went, they had, there was a yoga studio with uh, Katie, or well, not Katie Keys, um, but she owned this spa over there. And upstairs was this yoga studio, and it was like, right next to this creek and waterfall. It was amazing. 
And so I started doing some yoga classes with her there, and I was like, you know what, I'm doing this. My life is going to shit. <laughs> I need to do something positive for myself. Uh-huh. And so, um, and so I went. And so did you go right from that 200 hour to the Ayurvedic program or was there space? No, there was space. I did the 200 hour and then I took three years and then I did the 500 hour and then there was another few years and then Ayurveda. Mm -hmm. So what made you decide to do the Ayurvedic program? Um, Ayurveda is something I've always been interested in and it's always been... um, something that is has been easy to read like it's, it's always been like something I can like take in and you know it's just easy to take in yes yeah, I'm the exact opposite um, <clears throat> it's like Friday. Chinese for me oh really yeah the very first 200 hour program I was like oh yeah I want no part of that yeah and then fast forward and now I'm obsessed with it yeah but it took a while for it to take for me it I don't know. I just it didn't it didn't gel with me. I think I was also overwhelmed. There's a lot to take in, and I went down the anatomy and physiology rabbit hole for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> and then I've come now. I'm much more into it than I used to be. Yeah. And so I think that's interesting that it resonated with you right out of the gate because it took me a while to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yoga took me a little while to get there. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget reading the sutras and being like, what? the hell is this? Mm-hmm. What yep. are you talking about? Yeah, the Bhagavad Gita. It's oh, like, jeez. Yeah. Uh-huh. You have to read it multiple times in mm-hmm. order to, to really get it. And then, and have a teacher to like bring it into true life, in real life. Well, to me, it was like reading almost like Romeo and Juliet or something, where it's almost like there's so much subtext in the language and the symbolism. And I don't know. I just, a lot of it I didn't get. Yeah. At the time, and um, there's layers to it. I mean, I'm sure I could have somebody explain it to me now, and they'd probably there'd be another thing that yeah. I just didn't catch and didn't get. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, it is lifelong. It's a lifelong. I don't know how anybody ever gets bored with it. Yeah. I tell yeah. people all the time. There's so much depth. There's so much layers. Right. To all of it, and I just can't imagine getting to the point. I mean, I still get like even a beginner class. I can get something out of every class I ever take. Yeah. And I can't imagine ever being like, all right, well, I've, I've like I know everything there is to know. Absolutely. Or I'm bored, or I'm done. I'm right. Like, I just can't even wrap my head around it. I know. And I can't wrap my head around how people survive without it. I know. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't. Yeah. I was so drowning beforehand. Drowning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. And how old were you when you got your um, your 200-hour certification? Do you remember? Uh, how old was I? Um, maybe 20s. 20s. It sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was 30s. I was in my mid-30s, and I had a toddler, a two toddlers. Yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah, I bet. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. It was. And I think that's why I had lost some brain cells with both births. Uh-huh. So perhaps that's why the Ayurveda just didn't sink uh-huh. in. Is because I could literally only take in so much. Yeah. I remember like t- at one point talking to Stephanie, and like I couldn't even make. I, I was such a zombie, and she. We both started laughing because she had kids the same age, and she was like, "Look, I know. Yeah. I totally get it." Yeah. And I was like, "I'm like literally trying my absolute hardest to show up with the little brain cells I have left." Right. You know. Yeah. I read somewhere that you lose intellect with every kid. Yeah. So imagine people have four kids. Yeah. I mean, do they even know what day it is? I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely grateful that that stuff came pre pre kids and pre marriage. I mean, it really, you know, I feel like that stuff shaped me mm-hmm. for that. But even still, like then then like post kids, I feel like it's like 
it was like a whole nother level of uh-huh. wishing, wanting to still be back where I was, yep. that peaceful, lovely place. And now I'm in this like major shit show, you know, of mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to be a mom and having a crying baby and a, you know, I mean, yep. just, and that is a big slap in the face. Yeah. To go from peaceful 20, doing whatever the hell I want, doing yoga for two hours a day. I mean, you know, meditating every day mm-hmm. feeling like I got this. Yeah. You know, it's the shock of your life, isn't shock it? Shock of your Nothing life. Nothing prepares you for Oof. it. Nothing. Yeah. I was like, I babysat all the time. I got, you know what I mean? I have friends who have babies. Like I totally have this Yeah. and I will never forget like the utter 24 seven shock of it. Like I don't get to give them back. Yeah. You know uh-huh. I mean? No. Like I don't get to go. I don't go home now. Here. I know. Yeah. Nothing prepares you for that. Mm-mm. And I will say that um, I think that's what drove me back to yoga. I took a little break with my kids, and there was a point when um, with my after my second was born that I had massive back issues and you know all that relaxed and just destabilized my SI joints and my whole like my hips, everything, and I was like, I have to go back, like, yeah. I have to do it, Yeah. so I went back to it, and just, you know, it was sporadic, I did what I could, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, when they were little, I just, I could only do what I could, mm-hmm. and I was just, I mean, I, there was no one happier in that class than me, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean, I, do. I, mean I was in a class with a bunch of older women in a church huh. near where I lived, and I remember, you know, it was, like, I was younger than everybody, and I was in such a different place, and I remember just being like, I'm so happy I'm here right now. Like, I can't even tell you guys. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they, their kids were grown and gone, so it was different. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, those those classes saved me. Mm-hmm. Like, saved me. Mm-hmm. And I, one thing I didn't have when I, I did yoga up until, pretty much up until I had my kids, but the postpartum yoga I didn't do, and I think that would have been life-altering mm-hmm. had I. Yeah. But it just wasn't offered where I was, and I did a certification with Libby, and we did the postpartum stuff, and I just almost like lay down and cried. I was like, this would have been life-altering had mm-hmm. I had this. Because mm-hmm. you know, you're so hard on yourself. I know. Like, when they're taking a nap, you don't think you can take a nap. Mm-hmm. You think you got to catch up on all this stupid shit. Right. It doesn't matter, right. but you think you have to. Right. And um, and then you have an, I had a second, and then it's like, oh, shit. Oh, I can't <laughs> even imagine. There's another one. Oh, and, oh my gosh. And yeah. then my younger one... My older one gave up his nap when my younger one came. Yeah. I remember um, one of my worst funny stories is my younger one was probably like almost a year, and I had been nursing, and I hadn't been drinking, and so of course New Year's Eve comes up, and I decide, oh yeah, I can pump and dump, and <laughs> you know, I'll just drink, and I had been so not used to drinking, and I hadn't slept much, because even at nine months, you know, there's slept, and I remember my husband, apparently I disappear from the party, my husband goes in the bathroom and I'm barfing in my kid's baby tub, crying, <laughs> saying I'm like the worst mother ever. I'm throwing up in my kid's baby tub. And he's like, well, at least you made it to the kid's baby tub. But I remember just that was the moment it hit me. There is no going back. Mm-hmm. There is no normal. There is no going back. I'm not going back to my life pre-baby. Yeah. This is like, this is it. I know. And it was just like a little bit like hitting a wall. Yeah. Major, major acceptance, and it's every single day. Mm-hmm. Every single day. Well, you know, I'm in a different spot than you because yes. I have a 22 year old and a 24 year old. Uh-huh. And I can just remember those stages of like when they were young. And, you know, I remember like when my husband would be like, if they live. 
that's just a win for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they're uh -huh. alive at the end of the day, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be an overachiever and, you know, all the things. Yeah. But um, I remember like how hard that was. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I remember when there were things they could do on their own, like brush their teeth and all that stuff. I was so excited. Yeah. You know, that was just so awesome. And how old's your little man? Nine. He's nine. So you're at that point, right, where he can brush his teeth on his own and he do that kind of stuff. He can do it on his own. But does he? I mean, he does it on his own, but shit, it takes like a half an hour of me just being like, can you brush your freaking teeth? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can we do this thing? So, yes, he can do it on his own, but it takes a lot to get, yeah, to get him to do those things. You know, it, I just remember, um, funny, you know, like at that age, just being like, I know you know what I want you to do, and I know you know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Why will you not do it? Like, yeah. I couldn't, like, just do it. Yeah. And they just didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I know. Yeah, my husband and I talk about that a lot. I mean, like, day, almost daily. I'm just, you know? And, it's, and it is, it's like, we, what we've come to the conclusion of is, and, and it's, I just read Cahill Gibran, mm -hmm. um, hit the part about children, and it's like, and one thing that uh, one of my yoga teachers told me when I was pregnant, one thing that has stuck with me the whole time is that, like, you know, we have these children, these children come through us, but they aren't our children, they are, they are God's child. Mm -hmm. And so, you know... And they're their own unique they person. They're their own. You know, no matter how much I want to, like, mold him, mm -hmm. shame him, come yes. sit with me, come meditate, yeah. come chant mm -hmm. mantras, you know? Yep. This boy is not on that page. He is, like... I would love to have, if I could have meat and potatoes, this is what he said last night, he's in a house of vegetarians, if I could have meat and potatoes every night for dinner, I would be happy, and I was like, oh, son, I cannot believe how, I'm so sorry you were born in this household, I do, I really am sorry, like, I will get you meat, you know, I will do all these things, but it's just like, he couldn't be, at times, any more different than us, yes. and it's just like, we gotta let go. Yeah, you do. Yep, and I know exactly what you're talking about. You do. You have these illusions that you can guide and mold and shape, and then it smacks you in the face over and over that no, no, no. There is another agenda there. Who's being molded and shaped? Yeah, right. <laughs> Which direction is that going in? Uh huh. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do know what you mean, and I don't know. I mean, I, I had we had two. One is more like my husband. One is more like me. And they say you butt heads with the one that's the most like you. Yes. Um, and that is absolutely true in our family. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, I know he's trying. I'm supposed to be learning something from this. Oh, what is this lesson? Big fat mirror. <laughs> big fat mirror. My mother has said to me over and over again, I'm so happy that you had someone like yourself. I've already told my son, I'm like, I hope you have a job like you. Yeah. And you know what chances are he will. I know. Or, yeah. or like you. Yes, I mean, exactly. that's the cycle of how that goes. Is, yeah. You know, because my mother was a girly girl all about the jewelry, and she had me, and I could have cared less about any of that. So, yes. Yeah. It almost seems like you're just kind of due to have somebody completely different from you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you do have to let go of that to some extent. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would do yoga with my kids when they were little, and... Um, you know, when they were old enough to not care. I mean, do you, I mean, I could have duct taped them to the chair and they still wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then ironically, they get on the swim team and they're doing yoga on the swim team. Oh. Uh, and, you know. It'd come back around. Yeah, sort of, but I mean, you know. Yeah. 
it is what it is. It is what it is. You know? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's such a... Um, it's such an interesting journey, and I'm at the point now where, like, my kids are getting married. And so I'm thinking, like, grandbabies. Like, yeah. what's that going to be like? And then I can give them back candor, which is going to be just the best part. I know. Because I can turn around and say, awesome, here you go. Yeah. I've heard that's the best part. I think that would be phenomenal. I don't know, but I'll let you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Invisibility. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, end of flying. Mine is flying. Yeah. Totally I mean, I, I gotta be superwoman though. Like, you know, like I totally want to fly in, in my invisible jet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you overachiever. <laughs> you have more than one. I do. Okay, uh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard some really fun, interesting, um, you know, answers to that, and I do find it kind of fun. Mm-hmm. So, if there were any person alive or dead that you could take a yoga class from, who would it be? Uh, so, so we're talking yoga teachers or like teachers or any yoga teacher that is no longer alive or any yoga teacher on planet earth. Okay. Like anyone. Uh, and you can even name more than one. I'd have to see what Babaji has got to say. Okay. Yeah. That's going way back. Uh-huh. Um, for sure. Just sitting next to him would be kind of cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mine's probably Krishnamacharya or Desikachar. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gosh. That was like, I think that was the f- first book, like Health, Healing, and Beyond. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that book about the history of him? or? Uh, it's something like that. I don't yeah. know if that's exactly right, but it's yeah. something like that. Yeah. That was an eye-opening book, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's in that book and the history of it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, um, my husband and I uh, have gotten initiated into this Kriya lineage and mm-hmm. for some reason like I see Babaji, a photo of Babaji, I just feel like he's um, so stoic and uh, what's interesting is that like someone like those old pictures like that, that's yeah. how they took those photos. Yes. So it'd be interesting to see like if his personality is reflected uh-huh. differently in live and in person than in the photograph. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like those pictures back then, mm-hmm. you know, they were all serious and they had this look of like seriousness and you wonder if they're like that in person or right. if that's just mm-hmm. how they were for that photograph. Right. Yeah. And what they're actually like in person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And what it's like to be in the presence of someone like that. Right. You know, like, I wow. just think that would be really cool. It would. Just to be in the room, even if there's, like, a thousand other people. Yeah. I think it would still be cool to be in the room with someone like that and just see what it's like energetically, yes. like, how they feel in the room, how they direct the room. I just think that'd be really cool. It would. Yeah. I had, like, a feeling when you said that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it was pretty, pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Like, because mm-hmm. you feel like those people had something. Mm-hmm. They had to have. Mm-hmm. You know, they had to have had something special, um, and it had to have been something that that translated to a lot of people. Yeah. You know, that they must have had something about them, whether it was they were super grounded or they had a special energy or something about them mm-hmm. that drew people to them. Yeah. And I just think it'd be really cool to be in the presence of someone like that. And what would that be like? Yeah. Right. You know. Totally. And I don't know, I can't think of anybody in like modern times who I, who would be that for me. Who I know, who resonates that. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me neither, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's too bad. I know. Because I would like to have someone like that. I know. That I would just, you know, someone yeah. like that who I could 
go and take their class and just see what that's like, even if it's just one time, yeah. like a pilgrimage somewhere or something like that. I think that would be really cool. Right. Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you think of someone, let me know. I hope I meet someone like that. Me too. Yeah. Me too. It'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. It would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So what is your favorite style of yoga? Um, I guess I like the flow. I like breathing and moving. Mm-hmm. I'm a mover. Me too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, I need the movement in order to get to stillness. I do too. Yeah. I, uh, flow and yin is my sweet spot. Yes. Um, I can't just do yin. Right. Um, it's a little torturous for me. I know. Yes. Um, and so to me, the movement and then the stillness is I'm with you. I have to move, I have to get it out and then I can be still. Yeah. Um, so I, yes, I'm right there with you. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting, Leanne and I were talking about how Ash fell in this area because a lot of us are babies of AYC. Mm-hmm. And that there, to me, there is a flavor of mixed level flow that came out of the Asheville Yoga Center. Yeah. And Leanne and I talk about all the time that that's like our cocaine. I know, for like, sure. Jones for that. Yeah. Like we want that, we have to have it, and it's just one of those things that I don't know. It's just a certain flavor of a mixed level flow yeah. that came out of totally. all of those teachers, like Stephanie and Shayla, and all those people yeah. that I. I still crave that. I know. I can't imagine ever not wanting that because it's like coming home almost yes. in a way. Do you yes. know what I mean? Right. It's like coming back to mom and dad or right. coming back to the lineage that I, you know, first started with. Yeah. And um, that's always going to hold a special place in my heart. Totally. Me too. Absolutely. Is there a style of yoga that what's your least favorite or that you don't love? Iyengar. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because that's kind of how I started. I mean, I did, you know, I did dabbled in some things, but mm-hmm. then I got into Iyengar at another fitness center. I think it was is that why it took five years to come back? Well, no, I actually like just that was Wilmington, and then you know I moved to Boone Mountains, Blood mm-hmm. Rock, and then went to a gym there, and that was just the style of yoga mm-hmm. that they taught there. Yep, and she was trained in Asheville. But, um, and, and at the time, as a beginner, I loved it. Yeah. Because I was like, whoa, do this, do that, you know, yeah. all the different manipulations that happen and with, you know, in five minutes when you're in triangle, five minutes on one side. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I'm grateful for that foundation because mm-hmm. I was like, that's how you do it. And, uh, but I don't want to go back to that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. I know what you mean. I mean, here's the thing. There are things about Iyengar that I did like. Because um, I can find something about any practice to like. Me too. But what I didn't love was I felt like there was so much focus on this perfect alignment, like this black and white idea yeah. of what a pose was supposed to look like. And as someone who, like, you know, I never, like, I have just, like, weird stuff in my hips and in my body. And so yeah. I always felt like I wasn't great at it because I just couldn't get into their idea of alignment. Mm-hmm. And it felt so alignment-focused, like, move the, the fo- you know, Leslie Kamenoff says, move the follicle of the hair on the cell <laughs> on the, you know what I mean? Yes. That yeah. I felt like I never got into the joy of it or the subtle energy of it. Yeah. You know, I was so damn hyper-focused on yeah. what I look like. Over right. like all the other things, yes, and um, and I also missed. There's a 
and I only took Iyengar from one particular person. No, actually, I've taken it from several people, but I missed the fluidity of a yes. flow. Like, it was like, we would get up, get down, get up, get down. There was no, like, rhyme or reason to yes. it. It was just, let's do this. Oh, let's do this. Oh, let's do that. And I just was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It just yeah. didn't feel intentional in the sense that nothing was linked to anything. Yeah. So it just sort of felt jerky, I guess. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh-huh. Um, but I will say I love that Iyengar introduced props. You yeah. know, and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of great things I anger. I'm not busting on anger. Right. I'm just saying that there's... Me neither. <laughs> right, Kendra isn't either. Um, but it is interesting that, because I know what you're saying, for a beginner, there are things about anger that are awesome. But for me, I just prefer a more fluid yeah. type of class. Mm-hmm. And anger felt masculine to me. Yes. It felt like a more rigid like military, I don't know, it felt more masculine yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. And um, the flow, and not that I have a problem with holding poses and I get what, you know, yeah. but, but I liked the feminine, fluid, softness of a flow. It yeah. felt less rigid to me. Yeah. I don't know how else to explain that. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's, I mean, he was a man and <laughs> he only taught men, you know, for many, many years. So yeah, so that, that explains that. That explains that. And, you know, I don't know why we're basing all of our alignment cues on one man's body. Right. I mean, I don't really understand that exactly. So, do you have a really funny story of something really funny or awkward happening in one of your yoga classes? Funny story. You don't have to name names. Yeah. Um,. I don't. What about taking, you yourself taking a class versus, or like teaching a class, anything funny happening in a class? My memory sucks, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, if something funny happens, like I'll laugh like hell in the moment and then I'll, and then it's gone. The and then time. it's gone. So, I, nothing's coming to mind. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just let it go? I let it go. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Giggle and move on. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's funny. I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, which yeah. probably doesn't help. So what's your favorite place you've ever been to? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is the Isle of Capri, which is off of the southern tip of Italy. Okay. Um, it's kind of near Sicily, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's amazing. Beautiful, beautiful island, like blue, blue water, Mediterranean water, um, flowers, and like little stone steps that lead, you know, to little passageways and just a cool little village. And uh, uh, yeah. Italy's gorgeous. Italy's gorgeous. I did the Cinque Terre hike. We actually stayed near Portofino. Yeah. And that hike, I mean, it's gorgeous. Yeah. You know, stone steps on the cliffs, on the ocean. Yes. I mean, it's just stunning. Yes. It yeah. really is. It's hard yeah. to explain. It's like just, it really is almost like, I don't know. It's almost like you can't even believe it's real. Can't even believe it's real. Mm-hmm. But then the second thought that comes to mind is Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Ka- Kauai, the island of Kauai. Mm-hmm. Which my husband and I went to maybe three years ago. And um, it was, again, out of this world. Like, you don't know which way to look. You know, tell I tell people like if you're sitting on the beach, and you're in this cove, and it's like incredible, and there's like mountains, you know. I mean, it, or you know, so you can have your chair facing the ocean, or you can turn your chair around, 
and you could like look behind you and like see this other incredible mountain with like you know 200 foot waterfall mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean you're just like what way do I look I mean it's just yeah. bafflingly beautiful and amazing yeah I've been to Waikiki and I've been to Maui but I have not been yeah. to where you've been and yeah it's the plane ride was brutal brutal but it's worth it so worth it when you go when you oh. get there Uh And I tell people, if you can go, like, you have to stay at least a week to 10 days at a minimum. Yes. Just because there's so much to do. There's so many cool things to see. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. And you just got to stay in that vibe. Mm -hmm. Like my husband said, like, as soon as we walked off the plane, he was like, I feel it. It's different. (laughs) I mean, it ain't, like, Well, you can see why people don't leave. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of people go to Hawaii either for college or for whatever, and they just don't leave. Yeah. They stay there forever. Yeah. Because it's Hawaii. Yeah. You know? Like, why would you leave? Yeah, I know what you're saying. There isn't, there is a vibe on those islands that's a little bit different. The pace of life is different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting just around. Good food. Mm-hmm. Everything grown right there. Mm-hmm. It's just lush. Yes. You know, so lush. That's what like stood out to me is everything was just, you can just tell they can grow anything. Yeah. The flowers are gorgeous. You've got the mountains, the beach, and it is just like the flowers. Everything's incredible. Everything's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're making me want to go back. Tropical. Talking about this. I'm all about tropical. You're all about tropical? For sure. So I was until menopause hit. Ah. And right now, the heat is not calling my name. Yeah. But I'm hopeful that on the other side of this, I will feel differently. Yeah. You know, and again, I mean, Hawaii, when we went, the weather was actually really pleasant. Yeah. It wasn't super hot and humid. Not at all. And that's what I can't handle right now, it's like the hot and the humid. Yeah. And Hawaii, I don't remember Hawaii really being like that. And we went in August. Mm-hmm. If I remember, yeah, we went in August. It was right before my freshman year in college. Yeah. My mom and I went over there, mm-hmm. and it was, you know... It was really nice. Like yeah. there, it cools off at night. There's a breeze. Yes. So maybe I do need to go back there. Oh, it's Maybe my menopausal self can take that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And the waves there. The like waves. I remember watching the surfers. Oh my gosh. Out on the beach and just kind of my jaw hanging open. I mean, I've never seen waves like that in my entire life. Yeah. Um, I've never seen surfing. Like I just that was the part that kind of blew my mind was. I grew up going to the beach. I've been. To, I, I have a connection with the beach. I love the beach. I love the ocean. It's the place where I feel my whole nervous system just thunk, yes. relax. Mm-hmm. And I had never been to an ocean or a beach like that where it, the waves were like skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. They were so high. Yeah. Um, I just had never seen anything like that, mm-hmm. and I haven't really seen anything like that since. Have you been to Costa Rica? No. Do I need to go? Yes, you do. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's hot though. Yeah, see, I don't know. I have to think about that. I don't know if I could handle that. Oh, wow, is it great? Is it? So monkeys. That, no. Monkeys. I know, but I've heard monkeys can sometimes throw shit at you. Oh, I don't know. I didn't have that. So. <laughs> well, I used to own a business, and my partner was from Panama, and he would tell me stories about monkeys get like. I, well, he would also say that there were some of his buddies would like you know egg them on, and they throw shit at them. So maybe monkeys only throw shit if egged oh. on in that regard. Right. Um, so where have you never been that you want to go? So many places. It's not even funny. All right, what's your top three? <laughs> um, well, we're going to the Caribbean this winter. Mm-hmm. Where so in the Caribbean? We're going to Culebra, which is an island off of Puerto I don't Rico. know that. Puerto Rico. Oh, island. I've been to Puerto Rico. Okay. 
So, Puerto Rico's gorgeous. Yeah. Puerto Rico's, again, mountains and beach. Yeah. Um, whoops. I always do that. <laughs> Pour a little too much. And no such say thing. Say thank you to myself. Um, so, yeah. Um, it's a little island um, east of Puerto mm -hmm. Rico. And it's supposed to have the most beautiful beach in the world. You'll have to let me Puerto know. Puerto Rico Beach, yeah. It's all about snorkeling there. And so, I do love to snorkel. Yeah. I struggle with scuba diving. Uh -huh. My best friend I grew up with is a master scuba diver, and she's convinced she's going to get me over the hump. I've done it. I yeah. actually did it in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, but I prefer snorkeling. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. To surfing. To scuba diving. Oh, scuba diving. Yeah. Scuba diving. Maybe I said surfing. I uh -huh. meant scuba diving. Okay. So scuba diving, I don't know. There's something a little, the whole oxygen tank. Yes. Claustrophobia thing just yes. disturbs me a little bit. Mm -hmm. But the snorkel... I at least can always go up for air. Yeah. It's very different. So I love snorkeling. Me too. Yes. I love it too. Love being a part of that mm -hmm. world under there. Yeah, it feel doesn't it feels almost like you're um I don't know, it's like it feels like you're in another world. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you're like look peeking in, like almost like a eavesdropping mm -hmm. or sneaking in and looking on some world. Mm -hmm. And I, I do, I love that. You know, it's funny, um, I'm going to relate this to yoga, but like, I also love the sound of like listening to your own uh, breath in that way, you mm -hmm. know, underwater, that, that sound. It's like ujjayi breathing totally. through the snorkel. Like on steroids, ujjayi mm -hmm. and steroids. Yeah, and I also think I like the silence of mm -hmm. being underwater. It's that weird muffled silence yeah. that I don't really get anywhere else. I know. Mm -hmm. And I like that too. So peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, Caribbean, that, that's where we're going. Kulea. And where else would you go if you had your druthers? Um, I, Thailand is up there. Um, I'm going to study some Thai massage soon, this winter. Mm -hmm. and, and I would love to, I, I don't know, I, I, I've heard about it for years from different people. It's just, I think the people, from what I hear, are great. Mm -hmm. And the culture is great. Mm -hmm. you know, they're just, I've heard that too. I yeah. know some people who've been who love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's up there. Spain is up there. Um, I mean, I'll, I could I could spell out like travel is is a thing for you. I want a lot more of it. I'd yeah. like to go to Scotland. I mean, that's yeah, the nice. Scotland's next on our bucket list. Yes, because my husband. Well, we thought he was Scottish. To uh, who knows, he thought he was Scottish. Then it turns out they like, like added an A into his name at some point because one of his relatives in his mind decided that, literally it says in his genealogy in his mind wow. they should have been spelled MacDonald so who the hell knows what wow. he really is wow. but that Scotland's on our bucket list and I've been to Spain it was awesome yeah yeah I loved Spain yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, you know we were trying to tell our kids recently like that's kind of our new thing is I would rather give them experiences uh -huh. than gifts Yes. Or things. Yes. So we kind of told our kids from now on for Christmas presents and like things like that, we're going to go somewhere. Yeah. Because I didn't even go to Europe for the first time until I was in my 40s. Yeah. And my kids have already been to Europe twice. Right. So they're already more traveled and, you know, they've already, so that's kind of what I would rather give them experiences. I would rather let them see the world. Yes. And of course tag along because I like hanging out with them. Yeah. But I'd rather do that than about any other thing. So I'm kind of with you. There's a lot I want to see. Yeah. I'm just not a great traveler. I don't know how to travel well. I don't either. That. That's what I'm I saying. Like a mess, you know? I'm a Griswold. <laughs> I want to take everything I own because yeah. I might need it. Right. I know. Yeah. And then... 
half the shit I don't use, but it's like yeah. in my mind I think I need it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm not a great traveler. I have a couple of really good friends who are just mad. They need to do a master class in it. Yeah. Because they pack, they're freaking ruthless when they pack. Yeah. They're really good at it, and I suck at it. Yeah. And I've gotten better. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. I know. I just You can't. don't know what you don't know. And that's I'm such a mood dresser. I, what is my mood going to be? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Every time, every time I pack, if it's like a weekend, you know, and I'm like, I'm going to go light. I'm just going to pack these two things. And I regret it, you know? Uh -huh. And I'm always like, damn it. Yeah. I don't have what I need, you know? Yeah. yeah. But then when, I, then when I pack multiple things, I'm like, I don't need any of this shit. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I'm with you. I, can't, I haven't figured it out. I even yet. have the little organizers. They still don't help. Because I can jam a ton of shit in those organizers. You know, so I mean, all my shit's organized, yeah. but it's still too much shit. Right. You know, and I mean, it's like, it's like I think I'm going to a third world country and I'll have no laundry. <laughs> I'll never be able to get anything ever again. And yeah. so there's an art form to that. I just haven't figured out what it is. Yeah. And I mean, they, my, so when we went to Europe the first time, my kids were probably maybe 10 and 12. Mm -hmm. And um, I, one whole suitcase was food because <laughs> they were swimmers. And as God is my witness, Kendra, the biggest suitcase I checked was their food. And week we were there for three weeks. Week one, all that food was gone. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so they joke. ate. They ate their way through Europe. <laughs> so then you can fill that suitcase back. With I did. Yeah. I filled it with all the shit I bought. <laughs> and don't think I wasn't planning that. Because my big thing I like to bring back is artwork. Yes. I like artwork. That's a big thing that we like to bring back from where we go. So it's like you can roll it up in little tubes and put it in that suitcase and bring it back. Yes. So where does your little man want to go? Um, if you asked him today. I mean, other than California. somewhere it has meat and potatoes. <laughs> uh, California is on the top of his list. So That's yeah. interesting. That was on the top of my son's list. Really? When he graduated from college, before, he was right in the middle of COVID, so I couldn't take him anywhere. I said, if you could go anywhere, where'd you go? He said, California, same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were going to take him. Yeah. And then we had to punt because yes. I don't want to go to California in the middle of COVID. I know. We did too. We, we were on that same train. We were mm -hmm. about to go. But so California. Yeah. I wonder why. Um, you know, we've talked about the redwood forest. Mm -hmm. He's young. I think that sounds magical to him. Mm -hmm. And it is magical. Mm -hmm. um, San Francisco. He's, he's into cities. Yeah. And, so, and he, he yeah. Like, wants to go to L.A. I'm like, oh, L.A. You know, I mean, I'll go, but okay. yeah, but you know, when they're like, my son wants to go to New York, and yeah. he want yeah, he wants cities too. Yeah, I think they think that's where it's happening. That's what's up. I think my kids think the worst thing they can think of is being stuck in the country with me. Uh huh. <laughs> right. Like, okay, great, it's true. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. when we went to Europe, that's one of the smart things I did was I wasn't in cities, but I was in small cities. Yeah. So they had something to do, so they didn't cannibalize each other and drive me insane. <laughs> so we kind of tried to thread the needle. Like we went through Paris, but then we hit some other smaller places. Yeah. So it's kind of like, can we see some little cities and maybe a little bit of big city, but you yeah. know, maybe yes. not such huge stuff. Right. Okay. So what's your favorite childhood comfort food? Oh, um, definitely, I would say hamburgers. Cheeseburgers? Cheeseburgers. Something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mine's grilled cheese. Yeah. Yeah. That was what I got when I was sick. Uh-huh. So I have a thing for grilled cheese. Yeah. And then chicken noodle soup. Yeah. Probably both of those. 
Uh, I mean, I think if you ask my mom, she would say any food. <laughs> I was happy with snacks. Like I was one of the. It's like a dog, you know, who's who's motivated by treats. I was motivated by food and snacks. It's like it's the, it's the best thing, you know. And so if you can just put your kid down with like a bunch of snacks and they're happy. That's hilarious. My yeah. memory is I was super freaking picky. Um, so I was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can remember like, cause I grew up picky. And so like, I remember just, I thought the way my mom made it was the only way it should be made. Yeah. So like my mom, the, one of the funniest things was my husband and I were together early on and I made him tuna fish. And um, my mom makes tuna fish with a shit ton of lemon pepper and dill pickle. So it is like your sodium intake the entire year. So he takes a bite and he's like, hmm. And I was like, what? You don't like it? And he's like, um, <laughs> sort of. You know, he's trying to lie. And I can see he's a horrible liar. Yeah. And I'm like, what? And he's like, it's just too salty. I was like, it is not too salty. You know, and I was like, yes. he's like, it is. And so it's funny, in my mind, that's how tuna fish was supposed to be. Wow, well, yeah. That's so, funny. I mean, I thought however she made it was just right, uh -huh. and everyone else was wrong. Yeah. So, one of the best things I ever did was I got a job in the food industry. I got a job waiting tables. Yeah. And that just drop kicked me so far out of my picky ass, weird self. Yeah. Because I was such a, like, freako about everything. Yeah. You know, like, we'd go through the drive through McDonald's as a treat, and I'd make my dad scrape every molecule uh -huh. of my condiment oh, off of my uh -huh. cheeseburger. Uh -huh. I mean, I feel like I need to apologize to my dad now because I was. <laughs> Fucking nightmare, <laughs> and you know, and getting in the in the food industry that really like, and it was not my because the more my parents tried to get me to eat different stuff, the more stubborn I was about it. Because mm -hmm. food's a control is the issue, right? Yeah. So I mean, I was like, I may not be able to control that, but I can damn sure what go, control uh -huh. what goes in my mouth. Uh huh. And so that was the battle I was willing to fall yeah. on the sword for. Yeah. And then when I got in the restaurant business, I started trying different stuff, and then I was like, okay. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like yeah. Maybe some of these foods are not that bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wish I had been a less picky eater as a kid, but we are who we are. We are who we are. Aren't we? Yep. That's it. So who inspires you? Oh, I mean, a lot of people. My mom. Mm -hmm. She's super sweet and uh, just a good person. Just, mm -hmm. a, just a good person. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. like look up to her. She's my hero, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> my husband, who's like way more of a yoga teacher than I would ever be. Mm -hmm. In what way? Um, he's he's just knows it, reads it, lives it, breathes it. Uh -huh. He's all of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, he you know he gives me the reminders. It, it pisses me off too, you know. Yeah, because nobody likes somebody <laughs> calling you on your shit. Right, you know, I mean, it's great, but I'm like, oh, I know, you know, uh, <laughs> whatever. But, um, but yeah, uh, he's he's an amazing, amazing man to witness. Like, to witness his life mm -hmm. is uh, such a treat. It's such a treat. And what about as a father? Amazing. I mean, we all have our moments. We all have our... Sure. Of course, right? He's human. But... So hands-on, so mm -hmm. great, so present, so, you know, calm, mm -hmm. so wants to role model the way. And I think boys, I think for boys having the dad yeah, present and engaged is important because that, it's not like, there's a different relationship, I think, with mothers and sons mm -hmm. um, than there is with sons and dads. Yeah. You know, and Absolutely. so I think having, you know, a strong 
uh, paternal presence mm -hmm. for a boy is really important. Yeah, it is. And he's fun. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he, he's fun. Mm -hmm. He's a play. He likes to play. Yeah, well, all dads do. Yeah. yeah. I can remember my husband used to work in the basement. And I would go down to do laundry, and I'd been with the kids all day, and I would come upstairs with a bag of laundry and a grumpy, and I would slam the door, and they'd be like, Dad, is that you? And I'd be like, wow, it's money! He's not working me, and he's so mad. Because yeah. I'd been with him all day, and I'd been in the weeds with him, and then you know he would come in like the hero. Oh, the totally. fun guy. You know what I mean? And I just be like, fine, go see Fun Dad. Yeah. Grumpy mom is going outside with a glass of wine and just don't even look at me. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, and it's so true. So, yes, he was Captain Fun. Yeah. I mean, not that he wasn't, he was willing to put the hammer down when he needed to be. Yeah. Um, but I know what you're saying. Like, my husband had, it's funny when you talk about the, I never thought of it until you presented it that way. But my husband is a good yoga teacher in a different way. Like, my kids, he was into Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So my kids had the Jedi meditation that he would do with them. Yeah. And so I loved, and so they would do that meditation. Now, would they do anything with me? Hell no. Yeah. But because he incorporated Star Wars into it, and it was a meditation with the simple, you know, be nice, use your word, you know, and yeah. so they thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So he made things fun yes. in a way that it just didn't occur to me to yeah. do that. It's just not natural or I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know. I'm well, it's like, it I think mom, we all have our roles, you know, yes. like he and I used to laugh because I'm convinced everything is a three alarm fire. You know, like half the time my kids would fall, I'm like, oh my God, they've broken a bone. And every time he's like, no, they're fine. And I will tell you half the time he was right and half the time I was right. Yeah. You know, so his, and I guess we complement each other. It's yeah. kind of a yin and yang Yeah. because, you know, obviously we don't need to always think something's really wrong, but at the same time, sometimes yeah. <laughs> there was, yeah. and so we kind of balanced each other out that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and um, and that, I think having kids and in a relationship, a marriage, really does, like I remember um, uh, Vishnu Das saying, Vishnu, um, he did the Ayurvedic yeah. at yeah. the AYC, uh -huh. he was like, if you want to know how your yoga is going, look at your closest relationships. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay, and he's not <laughs> wrong in that, it's, isn't it so easy to be nice to the person in the grocery store, sure. a perfect stranger you don't know, and then you go home and you're just like, yeah, you know, because it's like the people closest to you, there's yeah. a history, it's very different, Yes. and I, I've all, that's always stuck in my head, that saying, yeah. because like that's my work. It's yeah. our work in yes. yoga. I mean, to the relationship closest to us, having a yogic mindset and a philosophy around that. And I think that's the hardest. It is. It is. Don't you think so, too? Sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's that's one of those things that I always kind of try to remember when I'm having a little mini meltdown or yeah. something's making me crazy. Yeah. It's like that detachment, separate myself from this reaction right now. I know. Which is not easy so to do. Hard. It is so really hard. Yep. Yeah. Really is. <laughs> I know. We're preaching to the choir. Uh huh. So, anything else you want to kind of say before we wrap it up? Because we're close to at the end. I don't think so. Oh, I do want to mention a couple of things before we finish. Um, is so you're doing some of our 300-hour modules, which yeah. I'm really excited about. Yes. Yeah. Um, you're doing the sutras, the um, pranayama mudras, and breath work. Yeah. And um, I don't know, there may be another one. Ayurveda. Yes, the Ayurvedic one. Mm -hmm. So um, when you think of like advanced studies and the 300-hour modules, like what does that mean to you? Um, 
It's exciting, to be honest. Uh, it's it's like, for me, I feel like taking taking your foundation and, and just taking it to the next level mm -hmm. and, and really understanding, like, you know, you come to a class, if you just come to a class or something, I mean, you get an hour or hour and a half of whatever teachings are presented, right? Mm -hmm. And, but do you really get the time to, like, sit down with the teacher and, like, really ask what is this good for what is happening mm -hmm. here you know and break mm -hmm. things down and have that time to have that time with a teacher who who puts in the extra time and study into this into these particular mm -hmm. um, specialties that like that can just take you to to such another level like it, it's unbel it's really unbelievable what like where that that mm -hmm. experience can take you to yeah, I agree, and I think it's so different. The 200-hour, you're on such a structured syllabus. Like, there's things you have to cram in, and there's a lot of information you have to pack in. And the 300-hour, to me, was such a deep dive mm -hmm. into all the little branches. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the 200-hour, there's all these things they have to get in your brain. Yeah. And it's a lot of, and it's like a, it's like a tiptoe into a lot of different things. Yes. And then the 300 hours, like the deep dive. Yes. Into the like, like you immerse yourself into all these different branches. Right. And I think you come. I don't know. I I came out of mine just like, oh my god. Yeah. You know, like I, like, it's different when you're reading a book, mm -hmm. and you're and you think you're absorbing information. To me, I'm an experiential learner. Mm -hmm. So reading books and all that serves a purpose. I'm not saying it doesn't, but. Yeah. There's something different about an immersive workshop where you're in there with someone who has knowledge and you get to interact, yeah. you get to ask questions, you're in there with other people, and then you get to, it's just different. Yeah, it is. Completely different. Mm -hmm. yeah. It is. It's really different. And I think having a smaller group, you know, also is nice. Like I, my 200 hour was, I don't know, like 36 people. And then my 300 hour classes were huge. Wow, I mean, yeah. they were really big, and yeah. so I think, and so I didn't. You don't ask as many questions, yes, because then you feel like, oh, I'm going to be that person, you know, and right. there just doesn't feel like I don't. I mean, I loved it. Don't get me wrong; I thought it was amazing, but I also didn't ask a lot of questions I wanted to ask, mm -hmm. and I didn't. It didn't feel as um, interactive mm -hmm. because you just, when you're in that those bigger classes, you just don't feel like you can ask questions. I know. So I think it is nice when you're in a smaller group and you get to really ask questions and you get mm -hmm. to feel like um, all the things you've always wanted to ask but didn't ask you yes. can ask those questions and get answers yeah absolutely yeah I love this smaller like family mm -hmm. vibe you see the same people more you know mm -hmm. and then you can like really build on that when you do see the same people in your class you know mm -hmm. then you're like sweet now we can like take this and, and mm -hmm. do a little bit more like I know you know maybe there's if if somebody brand new that I didn't know came into my class, like I you know maybe be concerned about even like holding the breath, like oh gosh, is this mm -hmm. person gonna be okay like even holding their breath, you know, for that long, and they feel like they're gonna die, you know, and so yeah, the breath. Look, it's so funny when people ask me like about the advanced Michael and I like for this, like the advanced poses. I'm like, well, just try some breath work. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to yes. me, that's the hard stuff. It is. You know, because some of the other challenging poses, it's like. So much of it is like, you know, are you physically strong enough? What's your, what genetic hand were you dealt? Yeah. You know, but the breath work to me, it's, to me, that's the hard, the advanced hard stuff that it really is. anybody has access to. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah. And it's universally hard for everybody. Right. Yeah. It takes a trust and it takes, and it takes time and it takes practice. But, but ultimately it's like, 
you know, can you trust in the teacher to know, you know, she's going to let you breathe <laughs> eventually, you know, or whatever it is. Like, can you just trust uh -huh. in that moment to hold? Um, but, you know, everybody has to take those, those steps to, 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 to get to that point. And everybody has to get there when they get there. Yes. You know, like we all have things, resistance or stuff. And so we all have our own journey yeah. and when we get there and how we get there. Yeah. And, but I think knowing, um, having the tools and having a deeper understanding yeah. of some of these practices um, makes it a little less mysterious and less intimidating. Yeah. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. It takes time. It does take time. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't, you can't look at someone's practice or someone teaching and think, oh, they just are naturally good at that. You don't know what their background is. You don't know what they put, the work they put in or the time they spent studying. I mean, it's like you, nobody knows anybody else's right. background, history, or journey. So it's like, like I said, there's no shortcuts. Right. There's yeah. no shortcuts to this. We all put in the work. Yeah. We all put in the practice and we get there when we get there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wherever there is. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Whatever, I know. Yeah. I can't imagine getting there, but I know. the journey's fun. Yes, the journey is fun. <laughs> the journey is fun. I think that's the whole point of it. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, um, I mean, it's like this whole idea of samadhi and, you know, this, I mean, like, it's just, just enjoy the journey, enjoy the practice, mm -hmm. and the rest of it will sort itself out. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Kendra, for being here. Yeah. Really enjoyed having you. Thank you. And um, we'll have you back sometime soon. So you know, but I really appreciate your time. Oh, and um, thank you guys for joining us for Namaste Real, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.